as some of you may have heard by now, Darren and Graham have had to close up shop on the Igloo, their makeshift podcast studio. But don't cry now. It's time for you to subscribe now. It hurts so bad to say goodbye to the Igloo. Many excellent interviews were had in the Igloo. But Darren and Graham will pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Get into a real studio with a little help from your Grammarica subscription. Subscription. Cha-ching. someone asks me an open question and they get a horrible reading and it's something they've already decided to do it can really mess with their head so what i don't want to do is mess with someone's head right, doing right. A reading. yeah that's good, good okay guys welcome back to the grimerica show coming from our new temporary location and uh we're going to be interviewing <laughs> Robert Bonomo. <laughs> Robert Bonomo a little bit later about tarot, everything tarot, tarot cards, all sorts of fun stuff like that. Apologies, Robert, for forgetting your, it was your episode, but it's been somewhat of a trying couple of weeks, week, crazy week. I guess it's only been a fucking week. Wow. Happens yeah. fast. So uh, before we jump into the intro, of course, and we explain everything, we've got the one and only Graham, I lost my Dungeon Master privileges done. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? What'd you do? That's to why lose you your... giggled. That's why. <laughs> What'd you Nothing. do? To lose just, your dungeon it's just got to be fair to all the players. That's all. I can't. I can't. I can't have privileges in this software. You know, that's unfair to everybody else. I'm sure well, there was nothing. I didn't do anything. It's not like getting kicked out of a conspiracy meetup group. It's not like you were drawing <laughs> penises on the compass. What'd you do to get kicked out of that? I just didn't believe in the the reptile agenda. I think. You know, you guys think I'm the believer, but in that group, I was the rational one, and that was just not going to be, not going to fly. Wasn't going to be tolerated. Your rationality was not to be tolerated. <laughs> That's right. Huh. So, so how you, you been? Good. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading the notes here for our episode coming up with Bonomo. He was he did a uh, a reading for us too, which was quite amazing. And I was just thinking, you mentioned a week. I think by when we had recorded the last intro last Wednesday, we didn't know we were moving. No. We didn't find out till Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then everything moved Saturday. So and big, Sunday. big thanks to Brody for helping Huge out. Huge thanks move to Brody and you for, guys and you for guys, setting up in his studio. Like yeah, he, he if moved. If it wasn't his, for Brody, we would probably not be doing a show this week. He moved his drum set and everything, and we yeah. just piled into the back half of his studio here. Not only that, he moved. Up. He moved everything. I know because I was busy moving everything out of the house. I know. And I was on a twelve-hour drive. I yeah yeah. So Brody actually moved the studio. And gave us the space to set up the studio. Yeah. So big, uh, big thank you to producer Brody. You guys uh, put him in your good vibes thoughts because without him, there'd probably be no show for a couple of weeks here. 
And you know what? Not only that, but a big thanks to the people that have already support the show because these little things that come up unexpected, like we're able to actually handle with some, without going into further debt ourselves or anything like that. Like, you know, these little, little moving expenses and little things that, uh, you exactly. know, normally, I mean, thank God for people helping out the show. Yep. So I mean, that's not, not that we have enough to move into a new space because we're going to have to rent the space. I mean, we talked about this for a while. Uh, thinking that the igloo might have to move, like we weren't sure, but we were kind of thinking of we plans, saw, like what are we going to do? But uh, we kind of thought we had uh, a little we, bit more time. We thought we had some more time. We thought we had a deal to keep renting the garage because I was leaving the house. I was always leaving the house, but we thought we had a deal in place to keep the garage um, indefinitely or for about in the short term at least. And that fell through last Thursday. It's weird, eh? We both moved recently. Like, I moved yeah. down the street for saving quite We're a bit on downsized. rent. Actually, we both downsized, which is, it's interesting. You don't have any money. We're both like, after doing the show <laughs> five years, we're like, I'm going to simplify life. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasting takes it out of you. So, yeah, then we found out Thursday that the deal fell through. And uh, there was enough to do already that we just had to, we just had to get out because there's too much to do. There's only one weekend left. It yeah. just had to happen. So we just had to pull the trigger. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we didn't really have anywhere to go. And I don't, you know, the thing is now I don't even have the ability to do the show really non-locally in my new space. You know, there's not a lot of room there. Oh, that's I could right. pull it off, but it wouldn't be, wouldn't be super easy. Yeah. It wouldn't be, you know, it'd be tough. Um, it's all bedrooms. So I'd yeah. be doing it like on my bed or yeah. at the kitchen table or something like that, yeah. which it still could come down to yet. Brody's only going to put up with us for so long here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a trying week, but you know, here we are. Here we are. Actually, we did have, uh, because it has been out on the, in the chats and on the social media pages about uh, the debacle. So actually we did a big, huge shout out to, I think we got about 15 new supporters in the last couple of days of nice. people stepping up to help. That's awesome. on the, Is that what, you, what do you call the, the debacle, Facebook the page, move? The move, okay. yeah, the unexpected move. Because yeah. now we're kind of in the thing where we didn't think we were going to have to really pay for rent, but now we're looking at, we, we, you know, we need to find a space. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's an, a monthly expense that we had never anticipated, and it's a big one. So, obviously, we started a little drive here to try and get, we need more support to pay for the space. So we're kind of stuck here until we get there. So hopefully we can get, I think we need, I average it out with our average rate. We need about, about 200 new supporters. So far we got 15. So if we can get people to keep that chugging along, That's we, need, not too bad, yeah. we need about another 185 new supporters. I mean, if they all came in at a buck, we wouldn't get there, but that's going at the average rate. If we got 200 new subscribers. We'd have enough to cover the rent and exist at the same level we do now. A secure connection cannot be established with the server grimerica.com. Do I continue? Yes. What is, why is that? Is that your mail? Yeah, my email. Tell your mail not to be a bitch. And I, and I was thinking of... Uh, well, I wanted to play this quick no, song. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was also thinking with the weird part bit about this timing as well is with all this, I don't know, censorship and stuff going on. You yeah, know, now we got to worry about rent and podcasts. Well, I mean, we probably do have to worry about that. I mean, I, I I'm not saying anything happened, but my my I'm having problems with my podcatcher. 
and it's probably my phone. Something's wrong because you downloaded the same thing and it's now working yes. for you. But I'm missing the newest episodes on a bunch of my favorite conspiratorial type podcasts. And it just makes me wonder, like, when is it going to, when are we going to be shut? When are we not going to be able to get our own podcasts and our own catchers? Let's worry about having a place to get kicked out of before we worry about getting kicked out. But yeah, you're right. No, but it's weird Once timing, we're right? we'd be in trouble. I got a couple emails to read about it as well. But Alex, I mean, Alex Jones is now off. I mean, other people are getting deplatformed. Still, censorship is a big problem. I got... Uh, Even the Reddit, QAnon got, got removed from Reddit. That, that post, is. yeah. The Great Awakening post. Cut off. No more talking about freedom. No more. That's it. Freedom's out. <laughs> freedom's, yeah. freedom's out. Freedom zone 1985. <laughs> 1983. Would have been better. I got this little uh, ditty. Oh, no. Turn to the show Felix sent in about the igloo. Oh, it's not working. Jingle cord's not working. Oh. We should have done some more tests, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm always a proponent of tests. Okay, let's try this again. Okay, you ready? As some of you may have heard by now, <laughs> Darren and Graham have had to close up shop on the Igloo, <laughs> their makeshift podcast studio. But don't cry now. It's time for you to subscribe now. <laughs> it hurts so bad to say goodbye to the Igloo. <laughs> Many excellent interviews were had in the igloo. But Darren and Graham will pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Get into a real studio with a little help from your Grimerica subscription. Subscription. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, Felix. Felix. Yeah, that's basically where we're at, folks. We need uh, the community to step up here and help us get to that 200 subscriber mark so that we can find a space and keep this going. America moves out, America grows up. Yeah, weird time. It was a weird weekend. It was a weird weekend. Either way, we're on producer Brody's couch for now. And, uh, Help us out, guys, over at America.ca slash support. We need you now more than ever. Can I talk about a couple emails that have to do with this? Absolutely. I welcome it. Do you want to do a jingle first? or What sort of jingle would a fellow play? Feedback? Uh... And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. The physical mail guy, motherfucker. Hey, man, just a couple of things before I get to the main point of this email. First up, I love the show. I've been switched on since you did the swap cast with THC, and I haven't looked back. I'll admit at first I didn't get the long intros. The podcasts I listen to usually go into the subject pretty quickly, but after a while I got to realize they're a very important part of the show. And it also gave me an opportunity to get to know you guys. Well, at least in the sense of what you both do to what you both bring to the table and how the show is structured. 
Now I find myself laughing my ass off at the banter between you two. Quite often, as a listener, you want the jokes to continue. Secondly, when I started to listening, I was run-of-the-mill conspiracy theory fan. 9-11, JFK, RFK, UFOs, etc. But now I see myself looking into other subjects like ancient Egypt, human consciousness, and spirit are the two that really have blown me away. And it's all down to... What are you... I dropped my key Come on, the on, board, on that but... one? Oh. Did you really? Yeah. How does the key activate I tried it? to catch it. Oh, okay. So thanks for that, he says. Now the part I've been wondering how to word correctly. As I've grown to love the show, I have to say, I have a wee chuckle when Darren kind of calls us freeloaders out who listen to the show little from time to time and don't contribute. Don't get me wrong, I know it's tongue-in-cheek, well, mostly, but I do agree in principle that in respect to the quality of the show you guys give, if we as listeners kick back a little from time to time, then the show can only go from strength to strength. So with that in mind, I decided to chip in a little and help. Not much, but due to having a young kid and life in general, mortgage, car, credit cards, and all the shit that drags you down, I couldn't commit to a monthly subscription simply because uh, he's overdrawn every month. Life's a bitch, eh? Such is life. I'm glad I could help out. So anyways, I hope my donation plays a part in the continuity of this great podcast. Continuity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or continuity. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Peace, Stevie. Thanks, Stevie. Yeah. And then I got another one that's very, very... Uh, pertinent? Very, yeah, very pertinent. Hmm. Pre or post debacle? Uh, very close to the same uh, same thing. Good day, Graham. All this talk of why they have shut Alex Jones' channel down is pretty plain to see for me. That is. <laughs> this is really interesting. He belongs to them. That much has been obvious for some time. But their plan is to establish a precedent with a high-profile fake news outlet so they can shut him down and start cleaning up all the other alternative news outlets. You guys will be somewhere on that list. That will be a sad day, of course. I love your show along with THC, The Crow, the Crow House, Rune Soup, Crow 777, Skeptico, and Ion Bite Gnostic, but I don't currently financially support any of them due to lack of income. Too old to work, too young for a pension, but I do have plenty of spare time. Maybe you guys could get together and do a group supporters bundle, which would include a concession for the financially challenged. So look out. Once Jones is out of the way and they've convinced the sheeple that it was for the benefit of all mankind, all the rest of the independent alternative news outlets will be next. Keep up the good work. Keep handing out those red pills. Use our bloody legends as well as being informative and very entertaining. All the best, Kenny D. That's okay because we're a comedy show. <clears throat> yeah, right? Just like Alex Jones is an entertainment show. We'll change, we'll change the tagline to not your grandparents' comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you got? Well, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're, he's, he's categorizing all of alternative news like all of... All of us. Shows, right? Tinfoil hat would be similar. Should we go to social media? Uh, if, oh, okay, here I got one. Uh -oh, no, okay. Speaking of, speaking of, 
fake news and and all oh, that good stuff. God. Have you seen all the weather? Have you seen all the weather? Oh, I, yeah, I wonder I've if seen people the have, guy where buddies where they're walking around in shorts. I wonder if people have been well, debun- where, tried to debunk that. The one where he's uh, at the hurricane and he's like leaning like into he's it. Fighting yeah, and then the people are just like walking behind him yeah. in shorts. Yeah, I seen that. Well, there was hilarious. another one with CNN too. I think with uh, somebody that looked like they were kneeling down in the water. And, no, she uh, was in a she was in a canoe. It really? was like canoeing through the streets, and then people walked in front of the camera, and the water was a little bit deep, like maybe a foot deep. Yeah, but she was pretending she was in a canoe, and the fleets and the streets were flooded. Oh, uh, see, there's there's been a few now, and I mean, you, can, you know, but this just shows you they're even exaggerating. They have to pull that out of context, right? They can't just report accurately. They're you know? trying to sell. They gotta fuck. Yeah, with they're you. trying to they're trying to get those ratings. And then every and then you know what? Ratings. Nowadays though, can they get away with it with all the memes that are abound? I mean, people now have come forward and made fun of this fuckery. Yeah, I don't understand how they get away with it. <clears throat> Pretty I, soon, I, memes will be illegal. And some of them are so funny. I can't stop watching it. And I giggle like crazy. Is it the and one where Buddy's on the table? There's like one where a guy, <laughs> a guy's like pretending to be horizontal in the air, grabbing onto something, and he's yeah, I seen it. And his mom comes out. And he's yeah. like, "Go inside, mom!" <laughs> and, and it looks so—I don't know. Like sometimes it just is so well done. It looks kind of natural, but it's obviously like you know scripted to a certain point. Can I play it for you? Sure. Okay, let me see how I can how I can do this. Scripted to a certain point. It's sketch comedy. <laughs> okay, hang on. Here we go. He's like, Mom, you've ruined my life. Oh, yeah, we heard the meme, bro. Oh, and he's, he, he, so there's a guy with a like a with a long <laughs> fern, like he's on the table. And there's a guy like swishing him with a long fern, and somebody else is blowing water on him. And he's are just, you explaining the meme? Is I'm trying it because it's so funny. I don't know why it's just well done. It is if yeah. you see it. It's pretty hard to explain in audio form. Yeah, Mom, go inside. <laughs> you could just. Tell them the tag. Yeah, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. It's the it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. I can't I can't stop watching it. I believe it. A little insight to Graham there. You're a weird cat. Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica show? At P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Uh-huh. T2T space 5H7. That's the P.O. Box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Because you're ridiculously... Ha- he put in handsome for the adjective. You think he's talking about you or me? So we, well, you got to explain to people what you got here. We got a letter here from our friend Nikki the Dude. A letter in the P.O. box. Yeah, hence the P.O. box jingle. I know, but maybe people don't okay. catch the words of the jingle, you know? Okay. So this could be our quarterly... Our quarterly... Our quarterly in, greenbacks? Yeah, from Nikki. Nikki the Dude, friend of the show. Gratitude is the memory of the heart. It's funny because we were just talking about gratitude yeah. on our chat with Robert Glover. Oh, wow. Look at this. We got uh, greenbacks. 
To the Grimerica show. The truth is way out there. Keep looking. Blake Smith. Keep in touch, boys. Bobo. Keep on looking up, Travis Walton. Who's Travis Walton? Oh, come on. You see the pictures? Nikki the Dude and Jerry and Grimstake and all them at the CryptoCon and James. He's the Third Encounters guy. Oh, my God. What? The the Third Encounters. What is that? Close Encounters of the Third Encounters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the is third that him? No, he's a fire in the sky guy. Oh, right. Yeah. They so made he the movie wrong about he his He sent account. a sign the card. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Bigfoot is a ghost. Prove me oh, wrong. Oh, he got out a bunch of signatures Dragon for CryptidCon. Dana Newkirk. That's going to be perfect for the... Uh... Hold My Spear, Leonidas. Happy Hauntings, MJ. Justin Sizemore. Keep It Spooky, Derek. Derricka. And Monsters Among Us podcast. Wish you were here, James Cruz, Brett Sizemore, two Sizemores. You're the ones that measure the Bigfoot casts. Oh, love you guys, Ren. Question everything, Squatchers, Minnesota, www.squatchers.com. Tony Davis, Kentucky Nose. Love you guys, Grimsteak. I think he spelled Grimsteak wrong. You had to squeeze in the eye after. Bingo, bango, Bill Anderson. Nice. Oh, thanks, thanks guys. guys. That'll go up in the studio. Oh, yeah. Nice to know you guys are thinking of us down there at your Crypticon. And we got the oh, it's Squatch Hers. Squatch Hers. A women's Bigfoot research group. Oh, nice. Do they go That's out once a month? Squatchhers.com. <laughs> You're going to get some weird traffic. <laughs> Right on, guys. Glad to see you. Think of us down there. Crypticon. Maybe next year we'll make it down. I'll put a link in the show notes. Will you? Yeah. You often say that. Links are usually missing. And to Cruising with Steak as well, even though they steal our... They're on Grimerica uh, FM, too? They steal the people from uh, our chats. That's all right. Grimerica.ca slash FM if you want to check out the constant stream of debauchery and knowledge mixed together in a fun mix. No commercials, no fuck all. Yeah, the OBDM guys are on there. They're hilarious. Oh, they're yeah. very informative as well. Yeah, OBDM. They're your typical like one that's going to get shut down Don't soon because they're alternative news and comedy. Who's in steak? <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Cat in the Box. Uh, there's some Ascendant Minds on there, some Occulture. Who else? Who am I forgetting? What's Billy's? I didn't know we were going to list them all. Oh, yeah. Is he on there? Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's on there, too. Yeah, Yeah, walk through the mind. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the friends of the show that have their own podcasts and stuff. Yeah, we threw them on all Just a perpetual live stream of them and us. It's excellent. So let's go to the socials. Bingo, bingo. Social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the America newsletter. Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the America. So here we go. We got... Talk less in the first hour. A lot less, in fact. People want to hear the meat and potatoes, not a bunch of babble that goes on for 30 to 45 minutes. Most of our time is valuable. No offense 
to you guys is intended. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a fast forward button? <laughs> Sell Jesus. the second hour as a subscription. If you put out a good product, then listeners will buy it. Carworlds and many others believed in themselves. Who? And in their show. Who? Why don't you, Carlwood? Why do you think we're fucking chatting like this? <laughs> oh, we got Chad Anderson. Graham, I think Darren swears too much, but that's not going to change. And either should the intros. The majority of listers love the banter. My favorite is the UFO quote. Enjoy your free content and hit the timestamp. I'll keep listening to the boys and so will most of the Grammaricans. Instead of complaining, maybe flick the boys a five spot for all the hard work and time they have put in so you can listen to this for free. Wow, that's a, that's a good reply. I think I got uh, I think I got a $5 donation, actually. I wonder if that's oh, him. That's awesome, yeah, probably. <laughs> Don't speak for us, Chad. Many of us like the preamble. In fact, it's the personalities that set Gramerica apart. Even when it's the guest that doesn't interest, then it's still a great show. else do we got a few more comments that's it on that all right i got a synchronicity that i have to read during this intro because it's to do with the show coming up okay go ahead yeah do you want to do a little synchronicity jingle i think you should This is uh, kind of specific to Bonomo. This kind of fits in with Bonomo's, uh, you know, chat about the tarot and stuff. So I've been saving this one up. Have you? Dangerous. I do that. I, you know, can pick and choose. And we got a lot of listener email and we really appreciate it. Stories and synchronicities and all that. I've recently become somewhat serious about learning to read tarot as opposed to my 25-year-ish half-assery regarding the idea of honing the practice. And this reminded me of a potent synchronicity that occurred several years ago. I'll take a stab at the succinctness by including an image that gives the bones to the story. This is a Facebook post I made in the comments after the synchronous event occurred. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I should read that. Synchronous? You should read it. No, I'm thinking I might just read the... Uh, well, maybe I should. Maybe I have to read it. Okay, so... I'm reading the picture now, which is a posted. It's a, it's the, oh, that's the card I picked for my girlfriend the other day. Why are you whispering? That's no the exact card. We're in a, we're in a store and I grabbed this, the deck, Here's the six. one that Bonobo says, and I pulled this card. Six. No. The, <laughs> so this, no, this is just the way these synchronicities work. It's a compound synchronicity. And I was trying to read the meaning of it okay. in the store. And you just notice this now? Yeah. He's got a fucking questioning look in his eyes. <laughs> Read the email. <clears throat> this is the post. I'm and then and the email explains it. Your little foolery. I'm trying to try not foolery. take your Tom, Tom foolery foolery. into account. On the very last evening of the 11 years that I have called the EAV my home, I, ju I walk just <laughs> one last time into the backyard 
and there I notice what at first simply appears to be an errant bit of trash that I figure must have been blown in by the recent winds. And I walk out to retrieve it, and what do I find perched between the long blades of grass? A somewhat weather-beaten ten of swords from the Dally tarot deck. And at that and at this very moment, all I can think is how very interesting is this life. So she says, I mentioned in the first message I sent you the fact that I had lost my husband several years ago. It was February 2013 that he died, and I continued for nearly two years to live in the house that we'd shared for the decade before he left. By the end of 2014, it was finally clear to me that my path was leading me away from the home we had shared, and the next several months we spent finding people who would move in and love her as she deserved. Finding my new home, purging belongings, moving and generally tying up the loose ends of my life that I'd built with my beloved former in hood. That's the EAV mentioned in the image. On my very last night, my beloved EAV, which was the night before I would move to my new home in my new hood in a different part of Atlanta, I wandered into the backyard of the in-between house that my dogs and I had been staying in, a home which is also in the EAV and just a few streets away from my former home that we lived in the in-between house for almost five months. I wanted to purchase my new home, and well, you'll see what happened in the image above. A Ten of Swords is a rough card in the tarot. And this is like, back to this, like, I can't believe this. This is legitimately the card I pulled. Only a few days ago, last Friday. Double point. Double shots, double guns. (laughs) Okay. That's weird. So what's that card mean? It's about hitting rock bottom. Are you on rock bottom? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really making sense now. (laughs) For me, anyways. That was like 10 years ago. The moments before you somehow manage to stand up and walk on. It's not quite death, but it's about as close as you can get to it in the lower arcana. This is the shadow side in this card, and its shadow is large and omnipresent. Even so, there shows up in in balance the light side of ten swords. And that indicates renewal and rebirth. At that time, I hadn't bothered to commit my tarot imagery to memory, so I don't know what message I'd been given immediate, but at a few minutes later, when I got back inside and looked up the meaning of this card, my jaw hit the floor. So, obviously, it's a new birth for her. She's moving out, like, that next Mm -hmm. day, this, this, so. So, it was very meaningful for her. I often receive my tangible gifts from spirit when I'm seriously flowing. Mostly, they show up as mummified reptiles, oddly enough. But all the little trinkets from God that I've received so far, this is the one whose intended message of the right path walking was delivered so much precision and absolute clarity. And this is like (laughs) two asterisks here. Special information for Sir Darren the Skeptical. Okay. Because I can clearly see the line of Darren's thoughts as he talks out the presumptions regarding the specifics of the events leading to this synchronous moment. An effort to rationalize the irrational. Those amusing efforts to enforce the need to assign a lowered synchronicity rating because this is serious, man. So to help Darren achieve his personal goal of assigning the most correct rating possibly possible, I do want to offer some clarification to the story. Yes, 
this Ten of Swords tarot card was indeed from my very own tarot deck. And so yes, she lost her card. And yes, I had one single time before this occurred fiddled around with my cards in the back deck of this house. <laughs> that card fiddling occurred four months ish earlier in the year. So there were four months of rains and winds that fell upon this errant tarot card before on the very last night I could have even found it if there was some specific wind that blew it in and released that 10 swords tarot card from wherever it had fallen months before and I didn't even know it was missing from the deck. And not only did that magical wind cause the car to blow into my sight lines, it also blew the card into a rather odd position of standing up straight right side up in between the blades of the backyard grass. And it was like the grass was fingers holding the card in the most conspicuous place and position solely to catch my attention. Conspicuous. Yeah. I thought it was something else at first, but it's conspicuous. And even though it was a card from my very own deck, we're still not talking about just any old tarot card unknowingly falling out of my deck. We're talking about the Ten Swords. On the night before, I walked directly into what was, without questions, shown itself to be rebirth. This one still gives me tingles. Oot. And that's sent through the tubes. I give it an 8.5. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I guess I people, the key is spe <laughs> <laughs> special messages to Darren help. That's right. It, it, is it not weird though that I pulled the tennis? So I've I've never pulled one out of the deck I don't randomly you. like that. Never. See, and you don't even believe me. <laughs> how many how many cards are in a tarot deck? Fifty six. Seventy four. Seventy four. No, I, it's on, no, it's not fifty six. It's fifty six. Seventy eight. Fuck. <laughs> Seventy eight cards and fifty six minor cards. Twenty two major arcana. I'm just major arcana. It. Yeah. Sounds like a battleship in star in a Starfleet. What else you got, motherfucker? I'm just reading my uh, my notes from my reading coming up in this episode because there's a four oh, cups, three reading. of pentacles, king of swords, okay. king of swords. No. What? No. Don't start looking for straws. Page, I am. I'm intro. looking for extra. <laughs> what uh, I find funny about that story is the, the ten of swords or whatever is supposed to be about rock bottom, and then she finds the card all beaten up and weathered. It sounds like that <laughs> card would hit yeah, exactly. That's a good one too. Yeah. Talk about rock bottom when that card's chopping up some cocaine. So that's uh I wonder what it means for us in the store when we pull it. Could be about rebirth and you know what? Oh my god. We're moving she into a new studio, got, you might She just booked a hair appointment. <laughs> for oh, like on. for like braids, for like like wow. a new a new look, like rebirth braid, like like those box braids and stuff. Oh the universe noticed. How about the fact that we've fucking totally relocated our home of fucking studio of fucking two years and set it up in an afternoon? And does that count? Oh my God. <laughs> that was the next that day. That seems a more a bigger was, thing than right. your fucking girlfriend's hair. No offense. I right, love there, Maria. She's a sweetheart. A Actually, uh, it wasn't Friday now that I think about it. It was the weekend before. Oh. So Saturday or Sunday before. Well, you should have seen this shit coming then. Why didn't you warn us? I know. I should have. Well, I didn't. I, yeah. <laughs> that's like we were like driving back. Grandma was driving. I was driving back from fucking. It was from the cabin in Seaside, and uh, 
someone sent a picture of something that I got. And Graham and I weren't together. I, I left the day before. So I was already, I think I was already in Canada when Graham left. Yeah. And someone who was still at the house in Seaside texted a picture of some stuff. And they're like, whose stuff is this? <laughs> and it was stuff that people had given us for the studio while we were there. And, and uh, I text Graham and I'm like, you forgot the stuff. <laughs> and he's like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? And I was like, well, dude, I was like, I totally intended for you to grab that stuff. I like put out the intention and I thought about it and I sent it to you and you weren't paying attention. And he's like, you're right. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw it there and I I was like, who's this? Oh, it's not mine. I just felt, I felt like I should have probably just picked it up. But I was thinking, oh, it's got to be somebody else's. I, I kind of glossed over it lazily. Like his his you gotta eat the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sloughed it off. Exactly. It was your fault. Turns out to be Graham's fault in the end. Well, guys, enjoy the chat with the one and oh, only. Hang on, I gotta do the UFO quarter. The, uh, the, you just read, fun. and you gotta do your YouTube's if Down you want. I'm not going, going back deep. into that segment now that you interrupted it. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. How about this? For this new episode in the new studio, our temporary studio. Darren? Yeah, I'm listening. Why don't I read all the rest of them right now and we get it done? And what kind of quote are you going to do next week? I got, I'm going to, Charlie Robinson's Deep State book, it's full of quotes. I'm going to go through that next. Well, uh, okay. Do two. Let's do just, let's just do two. At this state of events, and with the evidence available to us, it's hard to deny the existence of flying saucers. That was from Vice Commodore Dante La Roca uh, from the Argentinian Defense. And the next one. I believe in the so-called flying saucer. And it is my understanding that the Air Force will pursue studies on this subject. And that's from Commodore Adolf Alvarez, 1968, from the Ar Argentinian defense. Argentinian, eh? Uh-huh. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to say something like that. I'll go to the Facebooks. Go to the poll. Friend of the show, Lee, running the Facebook, doing a great job over there. Go over to the Facebook page, give it a like, and you'll see all Lee's great stuff. Share that shit too, motherfuckers. So you've been given top secret information that a meteor is going to destroy Earth in a week. Do you keep it to yourself or tell everyone? Really? It was close. Really? Think, it was close? Oh, yeah. I would it tell. I would tell. We got a hundred and some votes, I think. I would tell. And it came out. At I said I wouldn't. Fifty-two percent tell everyone. Oh, wow. And 48% wow, keep it to yourself. That's pretty close. Yeah, right. That's yeah. close. That's a good poll. I definitely thought I would be on the minority by saying keep it to myself. Yeah. But no. Very close. Some very people close. are going to fucking freak the fuck out. I don't need any part of that. We got so some what, comments. How many people no, no. know? How many people know? Well, we got to expand on that a little bit. How many There's people, no were, how many people not, know? Like that, the, that is was it just you or I was there a the bunch question. of other people? I then? read the question. That's it. We're not expanding on it. It's too late. What to would you do? Pulls over. We're going to ask what, you're, what would you do. What would you do? You're not even going to answer. I said keep it to yourself. You would too? You yeah. guys would both just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to 
cause mass panic. I know. Yeah. What, I want everything dude. to be in order for my last couple of weeks. I want to be able to fly You've places, seen maybe sneaking going around, <laughs> going into debt, waiting for the crash. No, just yeah. like after, like experiencing Black Friday, like that's just like a small scale. Imagine right. Black Friday scaled up, like people where, get trampled. And, where was that? You were in the states somewhere, like for Black Friday, and it was crazy. <laughs> really? <laughs> people, people, are, people are crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they think the world's ending. Yeah, we got exactly. some comments from Nick. People des- deserve deserve the chance to say goodbye to everybody and say things they feel need to be said. Yeah, that shit's going to be like, fuck you, motherfucker. There'll be a whole lot of that. Vendettas. Take the shot. From Brett, they won't believe me anyway. From Josh. <laughs> That's I- true. I'd be locked up for causing panic or being crazy. I'm not spending the last of my time in a cell. From Alan, ask them who killed Kennedy and a bunch of other top secret shit. I don't understand that answer. Tell them after you get your stuff together and found a cave to hide in. That's from friend of the show, Jesse. I actually went to high school with Jesse. I did? I did. Oh, you did. From Leon, they'll find out in good time. That's it. Speaking of high school, I'm going to my reunion. Are you? Oh, great. This weekend. Are you going to tell me you're a podcaster? Well, of course. Oh, this would be great. You I'm, a little, take- I'm a little irritated, to be honest with you, because I had to ask my friends if there was one going on this year, because it was only on Facebook. And the cool thing is realizing that most of my friends that I'm going to be seeing there aren't on Facebook or are just temporarily on it. Yeah. I think high school reunion. You're not even listening again. I'm listening. You're, you're not. You're not. You're just. You're not. <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever been to a high school reunion, said, Darren? As soon as you said fucking high school reunion, you just, just glazed, glazed over. over. Well, it's kind of like you telling me about your dreams. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your high school reunion. I'd like to hear after the fact. Right, because there's going to be some stories. There's going to be some stories. Are you going to wear your Huscular shirt? America no, show. I'm not gonna. I'm not, should I wear? My, no, I'm not wearing. I that. think you should wear a tuxedo. I'm not wearing <laughs> bow tie yeah? and everything. A like, tuxedo with a America t-shirt underneath. I'm not doing the that. Phoenix one, the three-headed. No, Phoenix. it's got to be the. It got to wear the logo one if I'm gonna wear with a tuxedo. If I'm gonna wear the colors. Like rep, open rep, jacket, Grand tuxedo, America. Boom! Get a purple tux. See, that's not a bad idea. You get a tuxus color. I'm not doing. Oh, <laughs> purple tux. <laughs> I wore a pink one for God. See, you can wear a pink tux for grad, but you can't wear a purple tux for Grand America. It's a little late. Be fucking flashing up cards. I'll bring the car. I'll bring some cards. It's too late to get a tux in fucking dwarf size. You got a purple tux. That's pretty mean. I'm a little taller than a dwarf. (laughs) Yeah, you could get the you could get them fucking extended. And when when you say dwarf, it's not like you're talking like D and D dwarfs, right? Not like no, sure. Anyway, let's just get off it. Let's go to the show with Robert. First of all, guys, remember, support the show, America.ca slash support, because we're fucking homeless. So if that's not a good enough reason to head over to the support page and sign up for a monthly today, then... So everybody I'm going to see there is going to be on Facebook. I mean, that's the problem, right? All Send the, all the, the cool America people Facebook. that aren't on Facebook are not there because they didn't bother inviting all the people that weren't on Facebook. Why do you assume the people that aren't on Facebook are the cool people? <laughs> I'm just making a meme, you know? That's, yeah, that's not a meme. It's all the people that stayed you away from all the brainwashing. Everybody else will be brainwashed. Have you ever been to a high school reunion? No. 
right? I haven't either. So I'm just wondering if it's like a generational thing that these things are still happening. No, I think they had one for us. Yeah, we definitely. Have were you guys, did you guys grad together? No, no. but I think we had a 50. I haven't graduated 20 years almost now. Yeah, I think. I think there was a 15 year and a 10 year that I. Well, blew you off. do them every five. No, You're usually only every decade. So 10 then. So yeah. the 20s coming up. I'm not going. Actually, I'll wait and see our hero years goes. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's great seeing everybody again. Even with all the Facebook dorks. Last time I was there in my 20th, I was six months sober. It was a little scary. Are you 20th? And yeah. now this is your 30th? Yeah. You fall off of this. <laughs> Imagine that. You go to the 20th sober, relapse at the 30th. You relapse at the high school reunion. I don't show up at work on Monday. I'm going to have a gram. <laughs> I'm at the high school reunion. <laughs> class 83. What class? 88. Huh. Younger than I thought. My wife was born in 86. Wow. You OG. There you go. OG. Geriatric Graham. Support the show. Homeless show. And most importantly, enjoy this music from Broke for Free. And then the wonderful interview. Robert Bonomo. from all the way across the pond again is Robert Bonomo. He's an esotericist, a blogger, novelist, filmmaker. His latest film, documentary on the major arcana of the tarot, The 21 Faces of God. And uh, he's been, you know, all around podcasts and, and radios, been on Skeptico and a few other ones. Uh, so yeah, we're really interested to talk about a few things with him tonight. Thanks for staying up so late for us, buddy. Hey, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. It's a tough one because we all, we always got to do either either like really early right after work for us and if the, if you're a night owl or then we got to usually we do like a Sunday afternoon early afternoon thing or something like that and I mean that's not the best for people either Sunday evening podcasting you know like uh, oh yeah we were lucky Robert made it easy on us so yeah, yeah. he was even willing to go later yeah oh it's a good thing yeah thanks man so um so what's new you you got your uh, documentary out it looks really interesting I saw some of it. To, oh, yeah. yeah. Today, yeah. How's it's that going? A, yeah, it's been a two-year project. Wow. So um, I, what I did was I did five introductory sections. So I, I do a, a short introduction, then I do duality, the archetypes, the history of the tarot, the structure, and then I go through each card. Oh. So this thing took me over two years. <laughs> and uh, I basically just got it all. It's it's all done. There's a, there's a long form version. So if the folks that are into just like sitting down, it's two hours and forty minutes. So you know, 
be prepared. Yeah. But then I broke it up into 27 sections. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the watch it both ways. Yeah, nice and easy digest, easily digestible. Right. In those like 10, I think the longest one was about 20 minutes, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think yeah. I don't. Yeah, like 15, maybe 14, something like that. So what's what? Why did you want to do this and this movie and and is it what's special about this sort of set that you're talking about or this deck or how, whatever you whatever you call it? Sure. Um, so let me just the tarot, right? It's uh, uh, 78 cards, mm-hmm. and you have 56 minor cards. Now the 56 minor cards is like a, a normal playing card deck. Yeah. Okay, like the ones we usually use, and then the 22 major arcana. That's what this film is about. Okay. And this emerges in the 14th, 15th century in Renaissance Italy. 14th, 15th, okay. Yeah, I guess it would be the first, the Visconti deck would be like in the 1430s, something like that. It's not exactly clear the date, but it's, it's around that, that time. Um, and it's in, in my opinion, it's in the major arcana that you get the real deep meaning of the cards. Okay. And I wrote an article about this recently. The, the tarot is kind of like the poor cousin of alchemy, the Kabbalah, astrology. You know, tarot is just, there are no great books about tarot. There's no, like, a, a fundamental text for the tarot like there is for, say, for Kabbalah uh-huh. or for astrology. So I think, I think that the tarot is kind of what, whatever people want it to be. And that's not what it is. There is there are archetypes embedded in the in the in the tarot that I think are pretty um, pretty powerful. So what I wanted to do was sort of explore a little bit the history and structure of them, and then go through not only each card, the meaning of each card, but it, in my opinion, it's a path. It, it, it's a path to awakening. Okay, that's what I really tried to achieve in the film. Huh. What. Um... What uh, what was your favorite? What turned out? To, I guess what was the biggest surprise when you started making it? Yeah, the biggest surprise, I guess, was that I finished it. No, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, two. Years, I know the feeling. There, there were there were moments. There were moments that were uh, that I thought I'm not going to make it. But yeah, I got stuck on a couple cards, like the fool. I got stuck on the fool. It took me about three or four months to get through the fool. Um, Temperance was another card that I had a lot of problems with. But what what shocked me was that I was I, at the end. I I feel like I was able to to open up the deeper meaning of the card. So I learned an enormous amount making this film. And I've been a tarot reader now for I don't know five six years. Yeah. And I'm I'm a I have a certain I don't know I have a good feel for the cards. I mean I do astrology also, but the tarot I feel. And I thought I knew the cards, but I learned so much. So when it came time to writing like a whole chapter about it, then it was a bit more difficult. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you make a film like this, you, you know, it's like when you teach, cause I, I also teach I've taught in you know universities and stuff. You think, you know, something, but then try and teach it. And yeah. then you're like, Oh man, do I really understand that? If somebody asked me a question, could, then, you know, it, it's same with writing. It's the same way. You, know? yeah. you learn a lot. Yeah. Do you, need, do you need to be like, are tarot cards something that needs to be, if you're going to read someone's cards, do they have to be there? Is that something that's easy to do 
online. Yeah, we should talk about maybe doing it later in the show. For yeah, sure. I'd like to yeah. do if we could before we wrap it up tonight. Maybe do. But something we need to come up with a dilemma that's safe to talk about. I think. What's a dilemma? We need a dilemma. What dilemma? Yeah. Why do we need a dilemma for him to read the cards? Like why the show has little support? Is that a dilemma? <laughs> <laughs> No, but imagine if you if you were thinking of, I don't know, reaching out to a sponsor. You know, should we find a sponsor or not? We that would be not. a good question. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just throwing, I'm just making something up. No, like uh, Well, it was like you got, we, imagine you got two girlfriends, you know, you got Betty and Susie, you know. So who should who should I marry? Betty or Susie? You know, that that could be a, a dilemma. Oh, I see. So it has to be like a fork, ideally. No, I, I don't think I, so. Um because it could be three. Could there be three girls? Oh, if you got three, that's even better. Okay. Better for you, I guess. Better for the magic? Better for the Ateros, though? Then will they, can they handle three or four? Or does it is it best if it's like uh, one or two? God loves threes. In Russia, they always say God loves threes. So God loves the menage a trois. So it's good. <laughs> uh, just saying on a sec, Robert. I want to just double check something. Yeah. I don't think his video is coming through to YouTube, is it? No. <laughs> That's he, because we, we we called from the other other computer. Darren's just going to try to troubleshoot this well uh, live while we keep talking, Robert. Ah, <laughs> uh, no problem. So, um, what I wanted to, I, what I was interested in as well is is um, this seems to be to me like the original original, like the original tarot. Oh yeah, we could. You mean about the history of the tarot? No, the the tarot that I use primarily in the film is the Rider Waite deck. That's from 1909. Okay, okay. The original the original tarot would be, I get, I guess you could call it the Visconti Sforza deck from about. That's the one that's about 1430, 1440. So yeah, this is a very late. But the, the Rider Waite deck is based on the Marseille deck, which would be the 17th century. Right. Okay. So but so, so it goes way back. It goes like a few hundred years back when this was, you know, happening. So that, what about nowadays when there's all this, like, you know, everybody's made a tarot deck on, on everything, right? Is that, does that, does does I mean, and some of them are pretty cool. Like I had like a, like a sacred sort of sacred geometry kind of one. And then there's, uh, I have another like Mary Magdalene style one. Like, are they, is it, is it the same principle like divination and and a work, um, at some level, no matter what, or is there something special about these, the set of original deck? Yeah, absolutely. I think as far as, as, as strictly as far as divination goes, any deck, anything would work. I mean, my grandmother used to do divination. I mean, with a cup you, of tea, yeah, you can you use know? a pendulum, right? I mean, you can do whatever yeah. to, to, to find your way. And you know, when people talk about, you the mean the pendulum, sorry, do you mean the pendulum, like where you hang it over the thing and see what it points to? Yeah, you can turn it; it'll spin yes or no. Like you calibrate it, and then you can a- ask questions, and it'll actually like spin yes or no. Like so you, you can just say, hold it really still. Like, is and the grass sp- green? And it'll spin start spinning left. right, so you, so you know it's the, yeah. Right is yes. Right is yes. And then you can right. Am I on the right track, Robert? With that? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the way yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. And right. Then, is and then yes, you ask it questions, and no. it will actually move around. Or you can, if you hold it like a, a key to your sternum and you, you can force it with your mind to spin left and right and stop and start. I would like to see that. We'll do it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I got keys right now. No, I won't do it. Wrong <laughs> right here, but I'll, I'll show you though. It's, yeah. Okay. So anyways, yeah. So, uh, what, uh, so is that, when is he, or when do, where does, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about tarot. So what's like, 
What did tarot originally come from? What's like, what, how did that all come to be? Sure. Yeah, I mean, the standard history is that the, the Mamluks were the rulers of Egypt or a group in Egypt. So in the 12th or 13th century, they had a playing card deck that would have been basically like uh, one to 10 and then three court cards. So basically very similar to the decks we use. And that deck was just used for games. So this deck entered Europe. And then in the 15th century, they added on the 22 major arcana to the game. So the trump cards, now I'm not an expert on the gaming part of it, but I understand it's similar to bridge. And I'm not a bridge player, so sorry. But so it was a, it was a, it was a game. And originally, that's all it was. Hmm. It began being used for divination probably in the 16th century, 17th century in that area. And then it became like the, the divination part of tarot in the 18th and 19th century became really, you know, prominent. So it was a game originally. It's just a game. So essentially you could, you could make up your own deck and with whatever symbology you wanted that has meaning and, and divine your path if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, think about astrology, right? I mean, Western astrology works. It really, I mean, it does. If you go to a good astrologer, it's shocking sometimes. Yeah. And I do astrology, but Indian astrology works. Chinese astrology works. I mean, I lived in China and, I remember a Taoist monk using astrology to find the number in the I Ching. Huh. And it, uh, Chinese astrology is very different than Western astrology. So it all works. So the, the, the people who say, well, there's one true method. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So UFO astrology or tarot deck, you know, if you're familiar with the deck and those cards have meaning for you, it'll work. Huh. Yeah, if, if we've had we had somebody on. She's going to come on again talking about astrology. How the Western was isn't correct. Like the Western astrology, like you, you have to go back to the. Uh, I think it's the Indian astrology where it's it's sort of really based on the proper the proper calendar and stuff for the proper. I don't even know what the term but, term to use. Yeah, because Vedic astrology is yeah, is Vedic, um, yeah. sidereal. It's sidereal, so. Yeah. It, it's different than tropical astrology. But my, my point is that when you start saying there's a right, right way and a wrong way. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause it could still work. Right. It, yeah. It yeah. Like if you go to an astrology conference and you're drinking with some guys at the end of the night and they're legitimate astrologers, they'll tell you, you know, sometimes they'll mess up or the person will mess up on the date and they do the reading and it seems to work. <laughs> so. Divination is very, very complicated, and it, I, there's not a true mathematical formula mm-hmm. to to figure it out. But I just want to make one thing clear: my film is not about divination. The film is about the meaning in in the major arcana, the archetypes. So I kind of stay away from the divination part in the film. Though, for people who are interested in divination, you can learn a lot about the meaning of the major arcana. But that's not the it's not the point of the. Well, let's talk about a bit about the deeper meanings into it because it is pretty pretty interesting. I mean, the archetypes and sometimes it seems subjective to me, but sometimes it really clicks and rings a bell as well. So, can you talk about some of the maybe some of the more significant deeper meanings? Yeah. So let's just 
So there's 22 cards in what we call the Major Arcana. The zero card is the fool. Now, the zero card is, is the person taking the spiritual journey. And I based a lot of this on Campbell's work. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of the, the hero's, the hero's journey. journey and all that, yeah. I, I love and you'll that. see that in the cards. So if you start, th of the, that's why it's called the 21 faces of God. If you put, I guess, if you see in the film, a lot of times I put the fool in the middle and the other cards around him. He's reflected in the other cards and the other cards are reflected in him. No, the first seven cards would be the material level. So, you know, you start with the magician, the magician breaks the fool up into the four elements, the high priestess, the empress, the emperor, right? And then they're put back together in the lovers. And he begins his journey on the chariot, which would be that Plato's myth of the chariot, the two horses, you know? Yep. Then we go from strength to temperance. That would be the psychic level. And it's in that level where you get that really interesting set of cards, which are the hangman. You know that the hangman, he's upside down. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the meaning of that card? That's the card when a person begins to wake up to see, you know, it, everything isn't like you thought it was the dogma you had as a child, religious dog, dogma, political dogma, whatever. It's not, it's not what you thought it was. And that card has a really interesting history because that card was a sh those were in Renaissance Italy. Those were shaming paintings. So when you wanted to shame a politician, they would draw a picture of them hung upside down. So it's like there's almost a shame. I, I bet you guys have felt that. No, when sometimes when you you start to realize things, you almost feel ashamed. No. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like in a conspiracy level, you're like, that, that can't be true. But then mm. you, you say, well, my mind says it's true, but you don't want to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it yeah, because it sort of changes everything. I mean, the implications on some of these things are really huge. So, yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then does oh. temperance come after that because afterwards you need that temperance? or? Well, after that card comes death. Oh. Ooh. Ouch. Now the, now, the death card in the major arcana, in the major arcana is not... And, and I, it's not a physical death. It's it's the death of that old self. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I used in, in when I in the film there, I don't speak in the hangman and death. I just use images and music because it's in the hangman. It's that. Wow. It's almost like have you guys ever done like DMT or ayahuasca or anything like that. Not quite yet. Close. Acid and mushrooms, if that counts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, you know, for example, a real spiritual psilocybin trip gives you that. You're never the same after it. Yeah. It's never quite the same. That's the hangman. And that having to say goodbye to the old world, that's death. And then, like you said, temperance comes after that. Then you've got to find the balance. Okay. Because. You guys deal with a lot of people who are kind of in that mode of awakening, no? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they've had some kind of synchronicity. They've switched their paths. They've had a download, whatever, a near-death experience. I mean, more and more of our guests have had something like that happen that has like just rocketed them on their path forward after after that death card, like you know, after that cycle, probably. And listeners, yeah, tons well, of yeah, listeners yeah, emailing exactly, exactly. all the time, oh, yeah. and yeah. yeah. Now, the Jungians have a great term. They call it inflation. 
So when you kind of touch that higher self, you kind of pull back the curtain, you become inflated. And I bet you see this with a lot of guests. They feel like they know everything. They start talking about things that they haven't a bleeping idea about. That's the inflation. You feel you feel you are what you looked at, and it's not true. And that's when you need temperance to bring you back to earth to balance you out. Okay. You know, if you if you have a deep spiritual uh, experience, it doesn't mean you understand macroeconomics. <laughs> no, so that's kind of like hubris, or yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly it. So what's after that? And, and then we get to the devil. And the devil is what's got its hooks in you. What's That's where the ego is still kind of holding on to you really tight. And we all have our devils, right? I, in, in the film, I use it. I use uh, Nobody's Fault But Mine. You know, the Zeppelin song, Nobody's Fault But Mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found a cover of it that I could use. I don't know that copyright. song. That's be- oh, that's before Darren's generation. You okay over there? I got a sore throat. It's starting to bug me. It's okay. Tough day at the office. And uh, uh, anyway, so that's that. The devil is what the last hooks that the ego's got in you. It's the angry Buddha in Buddhism, no? And then finally, you get to the tower where everything collapses. All the dogma, the beliefs, everything that you held so dear, it's all gone. For example, I use Fight Club. In Remember that last scene of Fight Club where all the buildings collapse? He shoots himself in the head. Right after that. Remember yeah. he's holding hands and you see all the buildings collapse? Yeah, and all bleeding out his neck and shit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's when everything you believed is gone. That's where you kill the Buddha. You know that idea of when you see the Buddha kill him? What represented truth, you've got to eliminate. You've got to actually touch it. I and didn't then, know you were then, supposed to kill the Buddha if you've seen him. That's a new thing to me. Oh, that yeah. That seems counterintuitive. Slime. Really? Yeah. Did you know that, Graham? You have to kill the Buddha? No, I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> Whip out your sword and chop him up. Really? Yeah, it's You're supposed to slime. kill that's suffering. It's probably because that's the some like the devil and the ego could be suffering, right? So maybe that's the uh, the symbol is killing the suffering. No, gotcha. Could it be? No. But it's also killing the dogma. It's like okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ima- imagine you're really religious and you say, well, you know, Jesus was born, died, blah, 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 you know, the Apostles' Creed and all that. But there comes a point where you know the physical Jesus really isn't that important. It's it, there's something. It's a higher plane. The Christ consciousness. Gotta, that, yeah. Exactly. So you got to kill that old belief in in the physical Jesus. No? Okay. Yeah. And not not to make it too long. Then you get the star. You know, you get the the star. Then the moon. Then the sun. Finally, judgment is the apocalypse. Time. Everything's finished. And then the world. You you've made it. No, <laughs> I've reached that. That's the basic path. Hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. So could you could you feasibly like. Could you just whip up if you had like a regular deck of cards? Can you do sort of stuff with that? Oh, sure. There's there's actually a form of divination with regular cards. I don't know how to do it. I don't do it. But there are people who know how to do that. And each card has a meaning. So so if we were to give you a dilemma, maybe one at a time or maybe both of us together, like could you do like a, a team reading to, for us? If we came up with a dilemma, then would we have to voice it to you or would we just keep it to ourselves? How does that work? 
Now, I've had people come to me with like serious problems. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe, you know, criminal stuff or just stuff that they're very just not. And, and, and they'll, they'll just give me a real, real basic outline. And they are, are, are very little outline at all. I'll say, look, I'm stuck between two things and I do the reading. Okay. But just be careful with one thing because you never know what the cards are going to tell you. Yeah. And, but we could get into more detail. Like we, that's, that's okay as well. Yeah, you could go into the, as much detail as you want, or you could leave it. But the 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 one thing though with divination, it works best when you're really stuck. If it's just kind of a bullshit thing, you know, should I buy a whatever a bicycle or a moped? It, but when you're really stuck, it seems everything just seems to flow. Like in in China with the I Ching, they say the I Ching should be your last resort <laughs> after you've asked all the people you can ask. After you know, you're just there's you're just banging your head against the wall then use then use the oracle that's interesting do you have one of those guys the a stuck dilemma well i mean kind of i don't think we should talk about it in the show i mean like you know like can the, he can do you he have one? encode can we his can... dilemma in a different problem yeah. so that Abs absolutely you like can, can he say like should i eat meat and actually mean in his head something completely different <laughs> As long as you keep it straight, no problem. Just don't like you know. Don't turn it into a joke. No, 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 no. Can we put? Can we do? Straight. Can we do both? Can we put do both of ours? Can we do both together? Sure. Do we have a team dilemma that we could honestly think of right now? Like, no. Like you, like you want to move, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you want to move to the country. Yeah. But you're kind of already decided. It's not a dilemma because you already want to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. At some point, right? It's just yeah. when. Right? Yes, exactly. Let's I, do yours. I'm kind of st okay. Let's right. do grams. Okay. How are you, you going to phrase it? Yeah, get yeah, your cards. Yeah, let's, thanks. Let's, thanks, Robert. Let's, let's just do this. Yeah, yeah this would be yeah. great. You don't now, mind, do one you? Thing you? Oh, you guys, are you guys are live, right? Yeah, we're live. So I was just saying, I could move camera so you can see the cards but it would take me like five oh minutes. yeah no that's okay you just do, yeah you can just, just do the reading yeah and you can hold them up if you want you can like when it comes to a significant thing you just hold oh. it up to the camera yeah one thing is i can't see my my picture but anyway we'll yeah. figure it out yeah where your hand was just there was dead center Yeah, sorry for the tickles. I, I get these uh, tickles yeah, in my I see that. chest and my tickling, throat. And, all tickled uh, up. Yeah. It's too bad, really. Um, I don't think I've ever got... Well, Lisa does cards, does my cards sometimes. I got two decks I've been sort of meaning to play around with. But I, it's like what Robert's about to do here, I find to be almost... Like, for me, it would be almost impossible to do, you know, if somebody was to, to read your... What deck are you cards. using, Robert? I use the Rider Waite deck. The what? The Rider Weight deck. It's uh, it's the one from nineteen oh nine, and that has fifty two cards in it. No, have you been seventy eight? Seventy eight. Yeah. Sorry, it would have been cooler if it was seventy two. No, it's fifty six and and twenty two. Right, is the uh, fifty six is the regular playing cards? Fifty two, with the jokers. Right, is it's that not, why it's fifty six? Jokers. Are you counting on the the other card they put in there that says what the poker four. hands are worth? Are we counting four. that card? <laughs> 13 times 4. 13 it's times 52. Four, right? Yeah, just 52. like weeks. Well, how is it 56 on the minor cards the same as the playing cards then? Because there's four jokers, right? Well, because, um, hold on, you get you get jack, 
Oh, now I'm getting it. You get Jack, Queen, King, right? Yeah. So you've got you got one to ten Jack, King, Queen. But with the tarot, you go one to ten, but then you have four court cards. Okay, yeah. You yeah. Page the knight, Queen and King. Yeah. Oh, it adds an extra like yeah. a prince. Exactly. Too bad it, they should have had a princess so that the they could have evened up the sexes. <laughs> You know, if well, it, the, page, they were doing... the, the page is considered feminine. Okay, I was going to say they would change that today. Yeah. Be equal has to be equal, Robert. <laughs> so what I want you guys to do is think about your. I'm, a, so I'm shuffling the card. You can see this, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Derek... I'm shuffling the cards. Okay. And what you guys want to do is think about your question. Okay. Question. Do I, Think do I about just, the dilemma. Okay, do I? I don't have to say the whole question, right? I can. Oh, no. Can I? Because I'm going to couch it like so. So Darren, Darren wants to move out east a little bit into the sort of the farmer lands, kind of get out of the city, the bush. That's the plan, and I'm debating what to do in that regard, move, stay, kind of thing. So, um, right. do I want to be in the city or not? That kind of thing. So that would be like the question is uh, if, if and when. Right. Should I stay or should I go? Now, now, now. What I'd like to do is, intuitively, where you, where's your kind of gut telling you? Should you stay or should you go? I knew this was gonna get My deep. gut's telling me I should go. Mine is too. Eventually, but it's, it's the when that's not. Uh, All right. So let's clear. ask the cards. What'll happen if you go? Death okay. card. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been through death. Oh, we're not allowed to joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. You could. I'm, I was. I just mean like the, the, the question can't be a joke. Like, oh no, the question was not a joke. Like a yeah. Okay. Good. So we'll ask about you going. Okay. Okay. If I get stay, if I go, there will be trouble. And, and you know, one of the things, one of the reasons I don't do open readings a lot. I mean, I'll do sometimes, but not a lot. Is for example, people have health. I won't do health questions. Oh, that's okay. Though. I, I can. But you get you understand what I mean. You don't want to. You don't want to imagine if someone asked me an open question and they get a horrible reading, and it's something they've already decided to do. It can really mess with their head. So what I don't want to do is mess with someone's head right, while I'm doing right. a reading. Yeah, that's good. Good. You are about to fuck with Graham shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If the death ready? card comes up here, that's it. He's just going to be a mess for the rest of the week. He's just going to get evaporated. All right, you guys ready? Shall I stop shuffling? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. So now what I do is I'm going to pick the first king, okay? So let me find the first king, and that will be you, okay? Both of us? So when we do – yeah, okay, it'll, it'll, have to be for, uh, it'll have to be for both of us. I don't think I've ever done a reading for two people before. Nice. This might be. Can it be – that means we're going to get the same reading, though. Is that a good thing? Should we do them separate? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be the question's got to be, you know, connected. Let's, I can't let's, get like two. Let's readings. let's do it double. Well, it's fine. What's well, the same question? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. If it's the same question, then okay. So, but what if we have different answers? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the King of Swords. Okay, can you see? Oh, I like that. That's a good start. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, that's perfect right. placement. All right. So remember, when we have swords, right, um, pentacles, cups, 
and wands. Those are the four functions. Are you familiar with the Jungian idea of the four functions? A little bit, yeah. Thinking, feeling, sensitive. You know the Myers-Briggs uh Yep, the INFTP and all that kind of stuff. I'm an INFP. That's all based on Jung, Myers-Briggs. And Jung based it on the elements. Okay. So it really is connected, okay? So use your mind. Swords, okay? Swords is air. Use your mind for this. It's a it's a it's a mental decision. Oh. Right. Okay. All right. Now I got to cut the deck, so I'm just going to move my fingers up the deck, and you tell me when to stop. Right? Stop. That was quick. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on one second. Sling over here. Okay. So. The significator is you, right? You're the king of swords. Now, what covers you? Okay. Okay. Now, what, the spread I'm doing is the, cath- the, the the classic Celtic cross. All right. Okay. So, what covers you? This is the card. A little bit higher. Higher. A little bit higher. A little bit higher. higher. There. Okay. A little bit higher. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Ooh. Okay, good. Okay. That's interesting. Good. Wow. Right, so that's the Four of Cups. So what this card usually signifies is you're not satisfied there's three cups, but you're dreaming of the fourth. It's kind of like you want, you're not happy with what you have. You want what maybe you could get, no? Yeah, okay. Uh-oh. So it's a little bit about not being satisfied with what you have now. Okay. It's not enough. Okay, perfect. Okay? <laughs> but not necessarily in a positive way, okay? What's crossing you? Ah, so what's stopping you from getting that down a bit? Cup? Down a bit, yeah, down a bit. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Oh. See it? Yeah. <clears throat> money. So I'm I'm sorry. Um, not money. This is yeah, the three of pentacles. This is about beginning a project. You see how they're beginning a project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever about moving, the idea of moving, it seems like something that you're beginning may be stopping you from moving because you see how they're they're all three there watching that project begin yeah yeah and it's an earth project no it's pentacles it's earth so it seems like there's something going on that you're beginning that's kind of an obstacle for you to move to the country okay that makes sense as well if do, do i tell you if it makes sense or does it matter well, because because you can't really because it's all kind of coded, um, probably uh, yeah. Just you tell me at the end if it makes okay, sense. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, now the origin of the question. Okay, this is judgment. You see this card? Yeah. Yeah. Now this is a major arcana. The other two cards were minor. This is major. Okay. This question has something to do with. Um, something that was hidden, but something important that was hidden that you realized a revelation. Okay. Something that was hidden in the closet. Okay. Okay. Now this is the distant future. You got the ace of cups. Okay. Okay. So what the cards are saying is, and it's nice too, because emotionally moving to the country is going to be something that's really 
the the beginning of something very emotionally beautiful. Okay. okay? The long, long term, it looks good. In the recent past, Ooh, in the shit. recent past, you got the Empress. Wow. Now the Empress, you can think of it. It could be, it could be something related to love or beauty, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a girly involved in this story. But I don't know. Okay. Or something related. To, Something related to, to beauty, to love, but on a very deep level, not on a trivial level. Okay. And that was Near where I, that was. Now, again, let's just recap, recap. The uh, Ace of Cups was the uh, long-term future. Long-term and, future. And emotionally right. beautiful, like the beginning of something emotionally yeah. beautiful or whatever. The Empress and the Ace of Cups and the Empress both aren't major, right? No, the Empress is major. Oh, it is major. She's okay. Venus. Okay. And Think then about the, Venus. The goddess of love, beauty. Okay, and that's from, and that was my, where I came from? Recent past. Okay. Something in the recent past related related to this question. Okay, Okay. yep. Now, in the near future, in the near future, you've got, you've got the seven of cups, okay? Okay. Now, this card is a little bit about illusion. You might have a little bit of, illusion, fantasy about what's coming in the near future. Okay. Okay. So just be careful with that. Now, now, so we've made the cross. Okay. Now we're making the staff. How do you, how will you feel in the country? Page of young and feisty. Yeah. So this is think about on a thinking level, kind of young, um, intellectually kind of something new, new ideas. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the page of swords is it's, it can be, if in this sense, it's not a person, no. Okay. I mean, are you going to move to the country? Is there a girl in the country or a girl would move with me? Okay. And me. Okay. So yeah, yeah. page Let's of swords. Just, that makes sense. I mean, young and feisty, new ideas, all that. Yeah, it would be starting fresh, feisty. kind of like at some point, at some level. Young and feisty, Graham. Your young and feisty days are over, <laughs> well, bro. No, they're not. <laughs> but this is not the girl. Remember, this is you. So this is how you feel. Not. It's not the person with you. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Ah, very nice. Now, how will others see you? Okay. Not young Three and cups. feisty. More cups. cups. Lots of cups going on. A lot of emotion in this. Yeah. A lot of emotion. Cup flush. That's a really nice card. So you people will see you as being happy, joyful. No, it's a good card. It's a nice card. A lot of emotion. It's in a good sense. No harmony. The harmony of three. It's a nice card. Now, this card you should pay a lot of attention to. This is the advice card. Oh, okay. okay. So this card means... Very nice. You got ma- a major arcana here. The temp- uh, you got temperance? Temperance. <laughs> this is really good. So be, what, what this is telling you is pay attention to that balance. Okay? Remember, temperance, you see how she has one foot in water and one on earth? Right? Mm-hmm. You want to pay attention. Be careful with the hubris, you know, the inflation. Stay balanced. Stay grounded. Okay, and this is, and then the final card is, ah, Knight of Pentacles. Good. Knight Pentacle. 
Pentacles two, is two, two pentacles yeah. and lots of cups. That's interesting. Pentacle cup. Pentacle cup. So what is the that, final card, that, man? Yeah, the final card. That's the that that would be the sort of the final resolution. Okay. The Knight of Pentacles is of the four knights. He's the slowest. Oh boy. It's Earth. Okay. It's Earth. So it's actually a really nice card. I think for an idea of moving someplace, you'll be stable. You'll be grounded. Oh. And. That's a good card. That's a really nice card. And combining it with the long term, which is um, a cup, uh, the Ace, Ace of Cups, the yeah. cups, Ace of Cups. You're gonna have. I think this, the cards say the cards say it's a very good decision. The only thing is, be careful with wanting too much. In mm-hmm. the sense of, are you wanting something just because? You want the new iPhone? Yeah. You know what I mean? The illusion. Yeah, be careful of the illusion. Be a, little, be a little bit careful with the illusion. And it seems like there's some project that you're beginning, something you're beginning that might be might cause a problem with you making this move. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I and what's think of very bunch. interesting about <laughs> what what's interesting about this reading is the origin of it. It's almost like you found something out. Something pretty powerful, and that's what kind of pushed you to move to the country. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense for both of us. I would say probably a little call. You know, it probably a little slanted. Or some of the answers are one way or the other. You know, certain cards are for each of us. I would say that's a pretty amazing, yeah. amazing reading. Really, that's very interesting. Cry? No, I'm not going to cry. Okay, but did it? Did it? Did it? Did resonate? Oh, very much. Very much so. Yeah, I, I just have it clear. You're, this is all code, right? This is code for something else. The movie country. Actually, it wasn't. No, I wasn't. We just said fuck <laughs> it. Oh, okay. we're terrible. Oh, okay. It's it's a little code. It's a little bit like it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit code. But it's, okay. Yeah. No peaches involved. So. <laughs> Any questions before I uh, put them back <clears throat> about the reading? No, I think that no, I honestly, mean, I think that yeah. I think that's really very. It's very interesting, and it makes uh, it does resonate. It makes sense too, and it's and it's also very uh, optimistic and positive. You know, it does. It's uh, it's yeah. good, yeah. Like that's that's the way yeah, I would feel. That's the way I kind of would feel about about it. Is that? Yeah. If that were to happen, do you have any more questions? Me? Yeah. Mm-mm. I can't think of any either. Hmm. Yeah, I usually only do one reading for, for a person for every three months or so. Yeah, it's not yeah. something you should do too much. That makes sense. Do too yeah. much, like masturbating. What about those little, like you know, in the new decks you get? There's like three or four different readings, and sometimes it's like one card, three card, five card, or whatever. Is there little mini readings you do at all? Like, I, I only use the Celtic Cross because okay. I've been doing it. Because think about it this way: there's 78 cards, there's 10 positions, mm-hmm. so there's about like six million different combinations. Yeah, yeah, and you so to get familiar plus the question right so to get it's you know to be able to kind of weave out a narrative from a reading it's not so easy yeah yeah no, this that's, reading that's was you know, relatively was relatively uh you know it was pretty Flu- good. it was pretty fluid yeah that's good yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't i wasn't battling a lot yeah. so is that cross like five cards up and five cards across well it would actually be there's two cards on top of each other right oh okay and then you've got four cards around that that make the cross. 
And then you have the staff of four cross of oh. four cards. So oh, it's okay. ten cards. And that's the velvet cross? Celtic. 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 Celtic cross. Celtic. Oh, I can picture that now. One, two, three, four. Got it. Like the Irish one. So is that I guess that's hmm. I wonder if that's like that's- uh, um I wonder how that's tied in with like astrology and um precognition and all those sorts of things. Like do you think that's all do you think the tarot is pulling into that same sort of thing? Like into the like we kind of joke of it being that's what the Akashic record sort of is, is this weird sort of common consciousness where all the answers to everything are. Yeah, that's that's a really good question, and it's not a simple one, because of the 22 major arcana, when we interpret them, so when people talk about the meaning of the cards, very typically we say there are 12, I won't go through all the meanings, but there are 12 cards are associated with the signs of the zodiac. Seven of the cards are the seven classical planets, and you have three of the four classical elements. Okay, you have fire, water, and air, and Earth is the querent, the person asking the question. Huh. Now, now I just want to make one thing clear. Do I think that when whoever created the first set of major arcana were thinking of this? Absolutely not. But these archetypes. These are like platonic ideals. They just keep emerging. And there's a problem when you talk to a lot of people with tarot. They say, oh, it comes from Egypt. Or it comes from the Kabbalah. You know, it, it, the, the tarot does not come from the Kabbalah, and it does not come from Egypt. Tarot emerged in, in Renaissance Italy, and they represent the archetypes of that time. But the thing is, if you push back into the archetypes, they all meet. You know, the, the archetype of the, I don't know, the, the, for example, the virgin becomes a fertility goddess. This goes back and back and back. So there is a certain materialism that you'll find in people when they talk about the cards. Well, they all, oh, they came from, you know, the Pharaoh or from Nefertiti or something. Because if it does, it's not like a Christian who says, if Jesus didn't live, then the whole thing collapses. Well, is that really true? I mean, can you be a Christian without having to believe in the guy in, yeah. in, in the dogma of, you know, born on the third day, blah, 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 yeah. another apostle's creed. Can you be a Christian without believing the apostle's creed? Isn't it the 25th day? Anyway, I think you can. I think you should. I think, yeah. Because yeah, I so mean, do I. Yeah, the more shows we do and everything, it really seems like that's all sort of based on old mythology or maybe even astrology and you know it's it's all um what's the word i'm looking for allegory yeah yeah it's all connected so when you did the the process of of you picking the cards there so you asked us at the i think it was the beginning with the king of swords i believe it was like you tell me when to stop and then you darren said right away like stop and then um and then how do you do the rest of how do you choose the rest of the cards from there on oh i just take it from the top Take them from the top. top. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you shuffle. The only take... card I look for is the significator. That's I look for the first king. The that's ki- you. The king of swords and is then, me, and then, then, then I cut the deck. Then I cut the deck. Yeah. And three. That's why I did the thing about the fingers, and then I just from the top. Oh, okay. That was the cut the deck. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. 
No, I thought it was great. There you go. Yeah. I had another question about the in general, but now I can't remember. What were the four uh, face cards? There's the king. You mean in your reading or in? No, and just in, in general. Ah, right. So you have you have the king and the queen, okay, masculine and feminine, and then you get the knight in the page. The knight is masculine. The page is generally feminine. And so you get four court cards. Okay. I was trying to relate it to that because I just read a book, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, and I was wondering, that's all based on Jungian archetypes as well, I believe. Okay. Who wrote that book? Oh, uh, shit. I'll find out. In the film, I talk a lot about Jung, a lot, and also Joseph Campbell. And there's a wonderful, a wonderful talk Campbell gives on uh, the Grail myth. And in the in the question and answer section, it's not on the internet. You can't find it. Um, I don't know where I found it. Some I think I found it on a, some weird Joseph Campbell torrent. But he starts to talk about the cards. It's pretty interesting to get to get his take on the major arcana. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. And I use some of that. I use some of that in the film. I have a take on the hero's journey, like that. Um, that the attractiveness of it is. You know, is let's say you're, you know, you're Frodo and you've got to save the world, you know? Oh God. What? Always Frodo. But I mean, the way it's, it's, it's that you're in the moment, like you have to be present and you have to be like, everything is on the line. You know, it, it, life has the most meaning ever because, you know, everything depends on your, your actions, your decisions, your, you know, your character. It's all there. And you have to be right there in the moment. It's like the most present uh, you, you would ever be is if the world is on your shoulders, you know? I feel like that's the attractiveness of it. Like, that's like the feeling of if if we got into some, like, that's what we don't have in society, in, in, in this Western society anymore, is everything being on the line. I mean, of course you do, yeah, you're homeless and you go through all kinds of problems. Like, that's happening, but not at a grand scale like it used to be. Like, in, if you're in the middle of a war or whatever, and and it's like... You know, you're in the trenches and that's all that's going on right now. You're not worried about, you're not worried about all this other little bullshit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, I mean, I, for example, I've lived in a lot of countries, a lot of countries. Um, and what I've learned from what you, for example, when you live abroad in many different cultures and different places and work there, what you work, what you learn is you really don't learn about the, I mean, I lived in China for a year and a half. Now I taught at a university there. What do I know about China? You don't learn. I mean, you're not going to learn Chinese culture in a year and a half, but you do learn so much about, about our own culture now. And that's like a little bit what you talk about that pressure, that pressure on you to snap out of your dogma, your beliefs. And it's hard to do. I think it's a little bit hard to do if you follow the path that society sets out for you. Like Terrence McKenna, when Terrence McKenna talks about culture is not your friend, that's what he's talking about. That's good to clarify that. I think people are misinterpreting that a lot now. Yeah. How so? Well, I think they're simplifying it to culture and forget culture like no, like let's say like mix match the, of everything yeah like the italian culture that created this tarot like forget that it should just be one mixed global culture of the utmost uh 
you know, ethical <laughs> variety. Like that, you know, that culture is inevitably leading you to a dark path kind of thing. But I, I don't really, I don't buy that. I'd, I'd rather use your definition of what Terrence means in that. Yeah, that that's completely, yeah, that's, that's total BS. And also you need that. You, it's like, um, it's like when you, any, any sport you've ever played, anything you've learned, you've got to follow those rules, got to master them. And once you've mastered them, then you can kind of move beyond them. No. Hmm. Yeah. But that culture, what culture does, you kind of need, it's like I was raised in a very strict sort of religious, very Catholic family and all that. And while right now, when I look at the Catholic church, I don't know if you've read that article I wrote on zombies. No, no, no. The whole, the whole zombie man, the whole zombie meme. I look at like we, as a society, we consume, we consume, we consume, but we're never full. And the only way to get rid of the zombie is to hit him in the head, to put the bullet through his head, no? Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. As an altar boy, I never get as an altar boy sitting there watching the mass thinking, this is kind of creepy, no? I mean, are we really eating this guy and drinking his blood? I always found it a little creepy. And now I find it incredibly creepy. <laughs> you know, and I think, oh, my God, that's, you know, the mass is like a zombie movie. You know what I mean? That that culture, but to get to that realization, I had to be a Catholic. Yeah, but that, but does that have to be part of the culture? I mean, that would be one of the negative things that people would say is that you have to go through, you know, because of our culture, because of the, you know, narrow-mindedness or because of the dogma in our culture. So you woke up from it, but how many people didn't? But if you don't know dogma... What you're going to do is you're going to find another dogma. Yeah. Like, take the social justice warrior type. Oh, boy. They are so desperate for a structure. And that's why they love, they're so afraid of any kind of opposing ideas. They need an authoritarian structure. And they haven't found it in our culture. So they find it in this idea of we're going to um, reform society. But it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly dogmatic. Oh yeah, my it's, God, and it's incredibly, f- it's incredibly forceful too. Because what happened to you know the the freedom that we all supposedly wanted? All right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What what about freedom? They're terrified of freedom because you know that freedom John, means responsibility. You know that's why. Yeah, you know John Le Carre, the 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 spy novelist, the English spy novelist. No, uh, the, the, the name sounds. The spy familiar. who came in from the the spy who came in from the cold, a Tinker Tailor Soldier spy. Oh yeah, okay. Oh. He had a great line in it. They were talking about a, um, they caught somebody and they were pulling out his nails, and he wouldn't give in. He was a true fanatic, and at the root of all fanaticism is a doubt. So when you meet a fanatic, you know that there's a doubt because if you if you don't have a doubt, why would you become fanatical? And you see that in a lot of young people today because they're looking they're looking for something to hold on to, you no? Know? They're looking for a dogma. So you can't you can't escape it. You know? You can't it's 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 a part of the fool that that journey of the hero. First they dump all this stuff on you and then you gradually, hopefully, you gradually, you know, remove it. Hmm. There you have it. Yeah, that's good. So let's let's switch gears a little bit to some of your other other work. You were talking about 
you know, some of your books and some of the other stuff you're interested in? Yeah, I guess I've written a lot about uh, finance, too, about money. What is money? Oh, that's a tricky and that was That was something that um, that was probably in my I worked in a bank. Actually, I, was doing, I did the marketing in a bank. <laughs> and uh, and so I was getting new customers. No? Well, and getting yeah, new, getting a, new was, customers to create money out of thin air for them. No, at, well, this is well. Let me let me just tell you the story quickly because it's how I kind of began to. So I'm in a <laughs> bank. We're we're selling three thousand dollar, three thousand euro uh, consumer loans, but I'm spending on the marketing side six hundred six hundred euros to sell one loan. No, to get in in marketing to get one loan. Yeah. So I asked my boss. I said, "So we're we're breaking even. What like 15, 16 months? This can't. This doesn't make sense. This business model is just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually." Then I was in a training with BNP, which is a big French bank, and they and I was asking about their mortgages. I'm like, I know what your marketing cost is. How are you making money on these mortgages? Oh, it's a loss leader. And then I knew something was wrong because there's no way BNP is losing money on all their mortgages. So when I understood what money was, everything just it was just like it was like a house of cards. It just began to just collapse. And getting back to the card, the hangman. For about three months, I didn't believe it. I said, this can't be true. Yeah, it yeah, can't be yeah. that they're just making money out of, no? Yeah. Out of Roll, promissory. Yeah, interest. rolling it over nine or ten times um, and yeah. charging interest. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And, and and that's that moment of the hangman where you say, could could I have studied history as a history major? I have a math, you know, like basically an MBA. I worked at a bank, and I didn't know how they made how money was made. Yeah. This can't be. It can't be. No. And then it cracks the whole That's world the open, right? Then it changes their whole That's global. Yeah. yeah. Can you give our listeners, uh, I mean, most of them already know, but can you give our listeners a quick rundown of how money's made? Yeah, sure. I think first it's important to define money because a lot of people can't really define it. You know, I guess if you go to Wikipedia, it'll say, well, it's a store of value, right? It's a means of exchange. But what really is money? And I can give you an example. The root Imagine of all I say, evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good time? No. <laughs> um, but imagine if I say to you, I've got I've got 10 kilos of gold I want to sell you for a really good price. Now imagine the price is just great. And you say, okay. I say, so meet tomorrow, bring me the suitcase, and I'll sell you the gold. So we meet, and there's a big mountain behind me. You've got your suitcase of money, and you say, where's the gold? And I point to the mountain. I say, the gold's somewhere in that mountain. <laughs> You're not going to give me that money, are you? No. I might give you the money. Right. So what's the difference between me pointing to the mountain and me giving you the gold? The difference is the work. So you got to remember, money equals work. That's what it is. It's work. It's it's nothing else. So when we say gold is money, gold isn't money. The work that it takes to go and get an ounce of gold, that's money. It's very, it's an important difference because a lot of people get confused in that. Gold is not money. It's the work it takes to get the gold, right? You follow me? Yeah, that's right. I guess that's the same as even like when you start mining asteroids, you have to think of all the work that went into building all the infrastructure and the vehicles and everything that has to get out there. It's labor is the most expensive 
thing. And even exactly. the raw materials you're buying are really labor. Yeah, but that's yeah, not really exactly. But that's exactly. not really money. I mean, gold is worth money right now. But the day the day that you made the deal might be different so than the day energy. you went and exchanged it. So money is energy. Hmm? It's the okay. You can say it's energy, but it really, I think, from a human level, it's human labor. No, it's what even if you go to Las Vegas and you make a, a million dollars on a weekend, your gambling earned that money. Okay, but isn't that more of like what money's supposed to be? Not what it is right now. I mean, if you're if you sold a three thousand dollar consumer loan to somebody that you guys just typed up in a digital currency and right. created it out of thin air, what was how did the work come into that at all? That's a lot of typing. That, Took him like but, ten but, minutes. But that's the but that's the difference. That's the difference. Bank money isn't real money. So yeah. th think about it this way: If you go to get a mortgage, right? You sign a promissory note. I will pay a hundred grand back in ten years. And on the other side of the ledger, no, that's the debit. On the other side of the ledger, the bank creates the money. How does that money get destroyed? As you pay that mortgage off, that money gets destroyed. So in 10 years, if you pay, if you pay it on time, the money's destroyed. They rip up the promissory note. A hundred grand was created and a hundred grand was destroyed. That money that the bank creates is not the same money that you go out and earn. It's not apples to apples, and that's where the problem is. They, and they don't destroy it, do they? I mean, it comes back in, and then it goes back out nine or ten times, no. doesn't it? No, when you pay back that mortgage, that money is destroyed. Huh. That's how money's created. So that's why debt creates money, yeah, and when yeah, everyone yeah. pays off their debts, that's what there's, yeah, right? it crashes, yeah. Money, the supply goes down, right? So then the money is just, the, the money being created out of thin air is just the interest? No, the interest is not created out of thin air. The interest you've got to go out and work for it. It's still created out of the money's still created out of thin air. It's just paid paid back. Right, but it's it, the, the interest is created from another debt that was created. Right. 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 It's not created in that loan. So how's but the bank the, the, making money? Oh, because they're gambling your money oh, on other stuff. No, because with the bank, remember the bank the bank can can create 10 times its reserves, right? right? So if the bank has, so let's just say the bank has $100 on reserve, they can create 1,000. So they create 1,000, they make 10% on it. So 10% of 1,000, or 10%, say 10% say of 100 is 10. So on their reserve, they've made 100%. So the banks make about 100% on their reserves. Could they just pull out the thousand bucks and put it in the reserves and create 10,000? Pull out the thousand. The, the only, the, the money on reserve is what the, what they can multiply to create. So, but when you pay, when you pay off your mortgage that you're talking about, like that hundred thousand dollar mortgage, when you pay a thousand dollars a month, let's say on it, mm -hmm. now they have that thousand in cash and now they use that. Mm -hmm as a reserve. So they get 10 times on, on that then. No, no. Because remember when they create that money from the mortgage, they give it to you and you buy the house. Yeah. But I'm putting it back. I'm send, sending it back to them. It only works cash. if you give it to the mortgager. I think yeah. that's the, right, that's right. the deal. Now, if you did something shady with the bank and you said, oh, I'm going to buy, for example, I'm going to buy a used car with 10 grand. You take that 10 grand, you put it back in the bank, Right deposits can be used as reserve. So right. then, yeah, 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 right. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you did something like that. Yeah. And then you could say, give me 20% of that hundred grand you're going to get. Ooh. Do you know any banks that are shady? <laughs> I'd like to open a bank. I could see a money making but- venture here. Oh yeah. So, so well, you got a bit of an anarchist in you. So, what what do you what do you see as a, a bit of a solution to this? Then, like, do you well, like? I mean, do, let's, let's, there's a couple of banks in the states that are, um, in what, what which state is it? Montana or something like that? That are sort of um, public public banks. Oregon, maybe. Yeah, Oregon, maybe seem to be doing good work as far as not following the whole debt based system. Because money, yeah, because basically all the money you see in the world that we use, those are claims on future labor. That's work that will be done in the future. Now, if banks just became money exchangers, so imagine I put a million dollars in the bank and the bank gave me 2% and lent, lent the money for 8% and they took a, a share of it. That, I think, would be a much better way of banking. And there are some economists who've talked about this. Now, should the banks be able to have some multiples to create money? That gets very complicated. But real money, a hard money society. Imagine, imagine in 2003 when George W. Bush wanted to start the Iraq war. What if he had to say, all right, folks, we're going to go get Saddam Hussein that Saddam Hussein, and we're going to put a, a 10% VAT tax on everyone in the U.S. You think that war would have flown? Uh, I kind of doubt it. George W. Bush cut taxes and started a war. You can only do that in a fiat money yeah. system. Yeah. Does fiat mean fake? Fiat means created by decree. I say it, therefore it is. Excellent. I need to get that kind of decree. So what would you, so get a little deeper into the the solution then. Well, I mean, if if you made me dictator, what I would immediately do is, for example, what's one really interesting solution? Well, going back to the, the countries to create their own currency that aren't through central banks, like based on gold. Yeah, based it, it doesn't have to be gold. It could be based on oil. It could be based on labor, right? Okay. You could say, you know, what our GDP is, but based and we don't allow the banks to run this scam. Yeah, exactly. It's a scam. Exactly. It should be their own up to their own sovereign country to do it, right? And and take the financial crisis. The financial crisis was fascinating because the banks they fucked up Big time. They created an enormous amount of paper that was absolutely worthless. And what did the Fed do? The Fed bought it back. QE meant buying back some government bonds, but about $50 billion of mortgage-backed securities a month. So imagine if you make a car that no one wants, and then you call the Fed and say, hey, I can't sell these damn things. Will you guys buy them for me? Sure. That's what the banks do. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you should call the Fed, get him to get him to buy those cars that keep blowing up. No, I but, think he did, didn't uh, he? Those Teslas are pretty highly subsidized. I, I'm not sure about that. So, so is the blockchain a, a solution to this? Then, I mean, when are we, when is it going to be, or, or is that? Do you follow that, that at all? That's, yeah, I do actually. And it, as the fact that it's an alternative form of money, I mean, money can be cigarettes; it can be anything. As long as people trust in it, 
Yeah. Remember, money is the biggest story in the world. The only story that we all believe. It's the it's agreed the upon. We, it's agreed upon value yeah. of something, right? Really. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, Yuval Harari, the Israeli uh, historian. He did some TEDx. He's, I don't really, I don't agree with everything he says, but he does, he does mention something that's interesting. He said, the only story in the world that we all believe is the dollar story. Yeah. From Saddam Hussein to bin Laden to whoever, the CIA, we all buy into that story. The moment we stop buying into it, it's going to be horrendous. Horrendous. Because what's going to happen if people don't trust in money, they're just going to stop producing. Factories are going to stop producing. Farmers are going to stop planting. Fishermen are going to stop fishing. They're going to wait. And when everyone stops stops and waits, you know, some people are going to go hungry. It's going to be ugly. Not if you're, in, will, not if you're in the country. Exactly. I'll suck your dick for some tomatoes, Farmer Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I've never that's what, you're, that's what your fantasy is about <laughs> living in the country. You got nice ju- juicy tomatoes to sell. Fuck. I was buying the tomatoes in that scenario. <laughs> oh, you were buying the tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, you were buying? Oh, I thought you were. Jeez, yeah, I know. Jeez. I'm, I'm, I'm not learning farmer. new stuff about Darren I'm every not day. farmer, Joe. I could get in the tomato <laughs> selling brick business. I'll get the fish. So. So trade this could, the fish for the tomatoes. Because they're starting to, you know, I mean, now they're saying that uh, some of these coins are going to be, the Bitcoins are going to be, you know, accepted in Starbucks. And, all these other, and I don't think it necessarily means that, but there's definitely a shift, it seems like, lately, last month or two, to, you know, that this is going to become a little bit more mainstream. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, people are, the only thing is the volatility in Bitcoin is is just it's still way too, there's way too much volatility in, in it for the moment. And remember, Bitcoin itself is limited. So on the amount of Bitcoins that can be reduced. So it's, I don't think Bitcoin is the solution. No, no. I it meant, could be yeah. a part of, but it could be part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as it's legitimate. Well, as I mean, long as it's not somebody just whipping money out of, out of thin air saying, okay, you give me that piece of paper, I get to create a hundred grand. Yeah. But the hundred grand that you pay me back, you're going to go out and bust your ass for 15 years. Yeah. It's a difference. It's not apples for apples. Yeah. And when money is apples for apples, it would be a lot different. Like, for example, peer to peer lending. There's a lot of rich people who are sitting on money. Why can't they just lend their money? Right. Yeah, that would be real money for real money. I worked, I made a lot of money. I lend it to you. You pay me ten percent. Why doesn't that happen? <laughs> Good question. Is because it, then, is it, well, I guess it does in the form of like venture capitalism and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Venture capital would happen. VC baby. No, I don't know because it's it's a bit. You know, we we rely on on listeners' donations here, and and we have people that just get booted off of PayPal, for example. I mean, it's it's really, the infrastructure is pretty shaky right now. I mean, there's uh, Patreon, and I mean, it, it's not going to take much to shut those two down if they if they don't want uh, people running their own little businesses. I mean, we're really not very... Then you're not back very, to people mailing you checks. Yeah, like, where does it go from there? If the blockchain doesn't, if a proper peer-to-peer distribution or this blockchain thing doesn't get set up without getting destroyed. But I mean, the, because the banks must be all over that. I mean, they must see the writing on the wall with that, that, that they have to step in and take control. You'd think. I don't know. Think about it. Like 
the way books worked, right? Everyone thought the bookmakers and the newspapers and all those people were going out of business and they just sort of transitioned. Well, the newspapers so, did. I mean, that really did affect Some them of them did and some of them went to, you know, I think it's something like, I was reading something the other day that says the, that the New York Times now is up to like some insane number in subscriptions every year. Oh, wow. It's just going. So they out. finally, they finally yeah, jumped on that it model, and, and it's working for them. If they would have been on it in the beginning, they could have really done well. But you know, they're sort of turning it around in it took a lot them of so ways. Long. Yeah, hmm. and maybe you know, you can see the radio stations kind of trying to do that now. They're all, you know, most radio stations have a. If they don't have a podcast, they at the very least have an online web player, so you can listen anywhere in the world. Wow. So it's that's them trying to transition. I mean, whether or not it'll work remains to be seen. When so fucking, that's that's come back to that whole subscription to the world from our fucking basement here. Yeah, but that's come back to that whole subscription based model, right? Every everybody's doing it. Even uh, who is micro? Did you hear about Microsoft now? So this will be interesting to get your take on this. Apparently, if you're if you're using seven or eight, I believe you're okay. But if you upgrade it to ten, from now on, you're gonna subscribe. And pay monthly. When did this? I, I didn't hear about this. When did this come out? I, I don't know. Just recently, I think. Well, I so, think it's so they're like trying Apple to get makes, the subscription thing too, right? Apple makes thirty-seven billion a year in subscriptions. Right oh, now. that's unbelievable! And they're talking about looking at a future where Apple does a subscription base where you pay them. You know, I don't know what the numbers. How about they loan? Like for money. now, let's just say it's a hundred bucks a month. You pay Apple a hundred bucks a month. You get access to Apple Music, Apple TV, all those Apple streaming services. You get the new iPhone whenever it comes out. If your phone breaks, you get a new one to a certain extent, you know, within... You basically have a subscription instead of buying phones. And I mean, that's kind of the way music has gone. Now I do a Spotify subscription instead of buying CDs. And, you know, it's going to be... I have a Netflix subscription instead of renting movies or buying DVDs. Well, imagine how much easier that is as a business, right? That you get... Well, that's just it. You get all you these You know exactly what you're getting, and you get it up front. I mean, we know about that here, right? Because every month we get a certain amount of donations that helps us actually just schedule what expenses that can go to and plan a little Look bit. Look how big Cardigo is getting. Yeah. Where you subscribe and you just grab a car downtown. Oh, that's subscription so now, too? Yeah, so now they're talking about... There's, I, th I can't remember if it was Hyundai or something like that, is talking about where you pay a subscription and you get a car. And that subscription, you know, if your car breaks, you go get a different one. And it's, oh you pay so God, much a month. You don't worry too. about the, this. It includes, you know, maybe you're putting, it doesn't even, it includes your gas. It includes fucking everything. And you pay whatever. You pay, say, $700 a month or whatever. Well, they you know, must whatever be. it turns out to be. But then you've always got this vehicle. And yeah. fucking if it breaks, you get a new one. And you're not paying, you're not worried about any overhead. And it's almost like the insurance model where so many people pay and not that many people are going to exceed that payment in expenses. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. So, so the, the, we have a car to go here in Calgary. It's like, you know, the little... Uh, you know, you have a little app probably and a little um, card and then you jump in a little mini. Started with the minis, but they must be doing really well, Darren, because... Uh, oh, they're everywhere. They're, they no, now there's the Mercedes. Now they have spots. Mercedes car to go. Yeah, so those ones little, cost more probably. Oh, do they? Yeah. they use more but, points? But one, question, but one question, like, for example, you guys are at home, right? Would they have somebody drive the car out to your house? No, no, there's, it's in a certain uh, diameter of a, of a metropolitan city type environment. That's so how it is now, but the book I was reading was saying that it'll be like, you know, 30 minutes, boom, you say you need a car. And 
you know, there's cars in your area and they have, I don't know, you know, I think that's looking out. They're looking forward at some sort of automation where they just right. send a car to your yeah. house. But right now I could because look the at the app. self-driving model will be that. That's will be the self-driving model. Yeah. People won't own yeah. cars. I'll and that'll car. reduce traffic and parking. I'll be fucking driving yeah. like an asshole still. No blinkers. Ooh, I, I don't think I'm going to be trying to get one of those Google cars to hit me so I could sue them. <laughs> so on Google, you go to self-driving, then you're going to be constantly trying to get your cars not to run me over. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. What do you think about some of that stuff, Robert? Well, I mean, the self-driving model, then that gets into AI and all that. But yeah, that, that I think... 10, 15 years down the line, there people won't own cars. And, I just, don't, and what I don't like about this subscription model is what they're doing is, like, for example, I toss the smartphone. I don't use it. I have an old dumb phone, and that's it. But at my grocery store, they have some stupid thing where you get, like, 10% discount on everything. You know those club things? But you got to have a smartphone to be able to get the discount. So what they're doing is they're locking you into social media, locking you into all that messaging and all that insanity. So it's tough. It's a way it's a way to get their hooks in you. And I would just I would plead with people, you know, really stay away as whoa, much whoa, whoa, as you whoa, can, whoa, 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 especially whoa, whoa, whoa. now. We do a subscription model here, so let's not <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's not get too no but, I'm, no, but I'm not talking about subscription model. Okay. Oh yeah, social media is a fucking eesh. just. I feel just, dirty. I start to feel my heartbeat speed up and everything if I spend too much time on social media. I can notice it now. Huh? You know, you know where I learned that I was I was living in China and I couldn't read the New York Times, so I started reading the Washington Post, and I'd never read the Washington Post before, and I I would read the newspaper and get angry, like I wanted to punch somebody. So I looked up the editor, Marty Barron, and I found this talk he was giving. And he's like, yeah, what we started to do is we took the old journalists and stuck them in the same room with these kids doing like these these short articles that got lots of comments. And their whole model was to get you angry, get you to comment, get you to engage, spend more time on the site. But that's their goal is to piss you off. And get you engaged in arguments that you don't care about. That's right. You know? That's gross. You gotta so watch how you, it's a powerful tool, but you gotta really watch how you're using it. Because I mean the other side of it is it is without my smartphone and some of this technology, you know, it wouldn't we wouldn't have the option to do in shows like this or I mean, right now I'm able to, you know, kind of run a couple of companies and you know, in some ways off of a phone you can you can be answering emails, you know, from a waiting room. Sending pictures instantly. Like, that's doing, the thing. It becomes, chats, it becomes it like becomes a little computer so a, on you yeah. that you can use for so many things. I know. But you remember when people talked about being chipped? Oh, oh yeah. the worst thing in the world, I'm going to get chipped. Is it? They just got you what, carrying what around the chip right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's stuck on their heads. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I you agree. know, be careful yeah. with this. How can we get them to hold the knows chip? knows more about you than you do. I, I fucking cut the cord. Facebook. We have a Facebook page for the show, but not personal ones. So what what would you recommend for like for this whole money thing for people to to watch and learn more about uh, what you're talking about? Like, is there some favorite documentaries that you have, or 
Do you have uh, some blogs other than other blogs well, you know, and stuff I, I, about I, I, yeah, I wrote an article. I mean, I, I hate to pitch my own. I'm just trying to think. No, pitch your own stuff. Pitch your own stuff for sure. Yeah, I did write an article called um, The Moral Hazard of Modern Banking. And it goes through and explains exactly how money is created, mm-hmm. how it's destroyed, and how in the financial crisis, this this how this all worked in the financial crisis. So it's the um, it's the moral hazard. I wrote it ton of years ago but it it was one of those moments where something clicked and it was pretty popular it's the moral hazard of modern banking okay you got to watch out though you get there's a lot of documentaries that the people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about that's kind of why i asked you because I, i've seen i've seen a few that i thought were really good and then any? i hear some criticism on, on on the show as being schmucks uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to get in a, in a pissy match with anybody but just you know Knowing what I remember, we talked about inflation. Yes, because you know you've had a spiritual enlightenment doesn't mean you understand economics and how money's. It's like it doesn't mean you know how to fix an engine, right? What about I mean, all? You of, start to, you know, okay. What about all Bill Still stuff? Bill Still. Yeah, what I think that's Bill Still. Do you mean the old dude that? Yeah, like, that has those old documentaries about. Oh, I thought you meant the dude on YouTube about, that talks uh, about politics. Federal Reserve Banking. Well, I think he might have gotten into politics a little bit as well. But yeah, he did. There was a couple of really long documentaries. Uh, I think Zeitgeist, back when Zeitgeist came out, and I think his sort of documentaries were right. around back then. Well, that's then. the big one. What do you think about that one? Well, Zeitgeist, if you go through how they, they what they show about how money's created, yeah. it's, that's not, it doesn't actually add up. The general idea is correct, but the mechanics are not correct because they show bonds. They show bonds being created and money, and then the money created to buy the bonds. That's not exactly correct. The the creation of bonds is a little bit more complicated, but when you look at it from mortgages, it's very simple. You go in with the piece of paper, the promissory note. That promissory note is future work, right? So in exchange, they create the money, then the money is destroyed. No, the zeitgeist, the idea was right, but if you look at the actual mechanics, they got it a little mixed up. Yeah, I think that awoke a lot of people. Though. Peter Jackson, pretty, right? Yeah. We've been trying to get him on the show. No, not Peter Jackson. Peter Joseph. I mean, Peter Joseph. Yeah. Peter Jackson's <laughs> the, yeah. the Hollywood producer, right? Yeah, that's right. And there's some cigarettes in Canada called Peter Jackson's yeah. as well. I wonder if it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a director too, Peter Jackson. Wasn't there? I can't remember. So what else are you interested in these days? Well, um, basically what I'm doing now is, is really trying to get folks to... Um, to watch the film. It's the 21 um, faces of God. And if, um, and I think for people who are kind of interested in all things esoteric, because I go into how astrology is connected to the tarot, um, how alchemy is connected to the tarot. I mean, alchemy, I think is intimately connected to the tarot almost more than anything. Hmm. So I go into a lot of that. Can you give us Uh, a couple examples of that before you, we, yeah. Um, I can't picture it myself. So think about alchemy as as taking from a material sense lead into gold, no? Yep. So it's it's what alchemy does is it accelerates nature. So if our destiny as humans is to become more and more conscious, what alchemy does is it, it pushes us on that path. And that's why, for example, Carl Jung was fascinated by by alchemy because he saw it as that process of individuation that he talked about, no? 
Hmm. of expanding your consciousness. And so in the deck, when the deck was created, alchemy was very, very important in Renaissance Italy. So I try and connect alchemy into the cards. Like, for example, the magician takes the fool, separates him. There's an alchemic um, process idea. In that. Yeah. yeah. In that. Is but that- alchemy is, is fascinating, is, is truly fascinating. That's making gold out of something lead, or just making something out of nothing, or something good out of something. Separating something, something. yeah. I think it's. I think people, you know, just talk about it being lead to gold, but it's it's more than that. I think it's right. The process, the prima materia, yeah, into the philosopher's transformation process, kind of thing. Yeah, the philosopher's stone. Interesting. Is that, so, is that the stone that helps you understand every language? Oh no, that's the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> so, where can uh, what's the YouTube channel and everything like that? Where can our listeners come and watch the documentary? Where can they find more of you? Where can they hassle you if they got a beef? Oh yeah, what I I would love folks to do is just you just pop into YouTube, write in the Twenty One Faces of God, and you'll find the YouTube channel. Um, and if they do like it, I would just ask because I have no social media presence, zero. So I mean, if they do like it, if they could post it to social media to get some, because I it just I just released it. I had some kinks in with the copyright issues, but I've got it finally got it out there last week. Okay, good. Um, and um. So yeah, if they could, if they if they like it and everything, if they could post it to social media, that would be that would be fantastic. Like and, and share. Remember, there's there's 27 parts, so you can watch the whole film, or you can watch it in parts, however you however you like. Yeah, I was browsing through it today. I like how you separated that all out. It's good. A little easy, there's easy a lot of digestible cool chumps. Yeah, I like the way. Yeah, I like the music in there. And since you do I listen to our show, I'll ask if you have a favorite episode. Randall Carlson, man, I oh, love that guy. Yeah. He's, Randall. he's yeah. like my hero. Oh, he's RC awesome. baby, yeah, he's awesome. And I go into a lot of the Pythagorean ideas. I mean, we won't go into this now, but in in the section on archetypes, I go deep into Pythagoras. And Randall Carlson with with the sacred geometry, yeah, really goes into that too. So if you're into Randall Carlson, I think you would like at least that section on archetypes. Yeah. Because I really go deep into it about music, connecting the archetypes to music, number, the tetractus, and all that. Right on. And then you have uh, you have your website as well, Cactusland, right? Dot com. The the Cactusland. The and com, there you yeah. can see all my old. You can see my old articles. You can see that article on money. That's from a, a bunch of years ago, but yeah, that's the, the article on zombies is there. Funny money. Thecactusland.com. And then what about this tarot seminar? Oh, yeah, that's something because I'm not really a tarot reader. I mean, it's not, it's not how I make money. I mean, I do tarot readings for people and things. But what I like to do is um, give physical seminars. So if there are any groups out there who are looking for, you know, looking for a, a tarot seminar, you know, watch the film. And if you feel like my ideas would resonate, yeah, get in touch with me. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah, right on. Excellent. Maybe could you do like a tarot course? Yeah, I, I do a, it's like a 12 hour sort of weekend seminar, but I could expand it. But yeah, basically the seminar I've done, and I've done it many times, is a, it's a weekend. So it's usually like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's pretty intense. 
but uh, it gives you a taste. You're not going to learn how to read tarot in a weekend, but it gives you that kind of initial taste. Gives and then you an if itch. You're in- yeah, an itch exactly. to scratch. A splinter in the mind. More tarot. <laughs> Needs more tarot. Excellent. Well, Graham Gott, did you get your answers? Are yeah. you satisfied? Yeah, I am very, very much. Thanks. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Hey, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys so much, man. It was, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was yeah, good. No, thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for bearing with us through all our bullshit in the beginning. As usual, we had a bunch of audio gremlins, and we're trying to figure out the new stream, and it was just a bit of a disaster. It took us 20 minutes, and, and of course, uh, you were nothing but a gentleman. We yeah, appreciate thanks. that, thanks Robert. Thank you guys, man. All I right, really buddy. enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Have a good Take sleep. Take care. Okay. okay. Good night. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was our chat with Robert Bonomo. Yeah, that was great. That was a good one. I uh, I wish I would have watched the documentary. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it. Now. Yeah, you should. For, it's it's really good. I mean, I saw some of it, but um, How yeah, much? I shouldn't say it's really good because I haven't watched the whole thing yet. But I did see some of it. Yeah. What I meant to say is it's uh, it sounds really good. I'm gonna start watching it tonight. Twenty seven powder. I can break it up. Bingo, bango. Thanks for the documentary, Robert. It's yeah, free. Of course, it awesome. just throws it on YouTube. The reading was free. awesome, too. I, like, I did like the yeah. reading. Grounds out. It's very resonating. Just fucking no one will show up for the podcast next week. My phone yeah. will just ring. Yeah, bingo, bingo, bango. I'm non-local motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, he's got lots of good writings on here. Lots of good articles. What QE3 will look like. <laughs> Carl Young. Oh, this is interesting. Carl Young and the Origins of AA. That nice. should be interesting. There and then, uh, hang on, let me read a couple more here. The young stuff is always fun, too. Go, gotta be a better way to say that. I meant Carl Young, J-U-N-G. Then there's the Moral Hazard of Modern Banking, The Seven Pillars of the Matrix. Man, it's hot in here. Yeah, it's hot in here. And World Zombies. We made it through another summer without getting an air conditioner. Yeah, we did. I think it's okay. I don't mind yeah, it. That's what happens when you... Everyone, I try and appreciate the sun and the heat because it's only here for a few months and then we're back to the freaking snow again, right? We should live on the equator. We should be in Ecuador doing this. Ecuador? How's yeah. the internet? As long as we have good internet. I'm pretty We're sure good. some people do have good internet. You could know. go to Ecuador. I'll go to the bush. And we'll... Okay, we'll do it. For... Sure. I want to be where it's like even steaming all day long, 85. You might get sick of that. Then you fly or go skiing. I'm not sick of it. I won't get sick of it. No? No. Maybe we get eaten by a shark. That would be bad for the show. I was thinking that. I got a lot of fucking... A lot of my future interest is tied up with you. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to uh, Robert for coming on the show. Check out his stuff. Support his work. Um, click the ads if there's ads in his stuff. I don't know if there's ads in there or not, but if there is, click on them for him. Yeah, share it. Yeah. Share all his stuff like he asked you to. Share our stuff. Um, support our show, gramerica.ca slash support. Help us keep it commercial free, censor free, all that bullshit free. Um, you know, it might turn out one day that we do need to host our own stuff. So we kind of got to start preparing for that if people are getting kicked off the platform. Yeah, we got a couple controversial ones coming out. So actually, they'll probably be out by the time people listen to this. But well, we'll address it in the intro as well. But support the show if you can, guys. It is more important than ever. Grimerica.ca slash support. And uh, big thanks to everyone for checking out the new Grimerica stream. Uh, the links for that are on the webpage. But uh, that's the new Grimerica live stream. So, yeah, so thanks to all that, those people. And uh, I think that you got anything else? No, Motherfucker, sign up for the newsletter, gramerica.ca slash news. Support the show. Rate the show. 
fucking spam gram. Yeah, send me your stories, have comments, a, feedback. Have a good fucking weekend. Right on, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Started writing down a list of things to do. Number one on the list of things to do was to write a list of things to do. Number two on the list, a little more nihilist, wrote down the cake is a lie. There is no spoon. Johnny flipped out, they put him in a rubber room. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance, the sky is falling. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance, the sky is falling. Started to carve my initials into a 150 foot tree. Forgot who I was, where I was, cut my hand and it began to bleed. Was only looking to leave my mark in the bark in the park. Now I'm in agony. I have no name. My legacy is written in the sparks in your brain. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance. The sky is falling. Hide all your money under your mattress. You call your enemy a fascist. Somebody call an ambulance. The sky is falling. Johnny crumpled up, threw away his list of things to do. Instead he got to jotting down his life blood legacy manifesto, manifesto. Live by principles of peace, mix it with charity. Don't leave the next generation a world of scarcity. Johnny wasn't a commie, he was my fellow man. Johnny wasn't a commie, he was my fellow man. Johnny wasn't a Nazi, he was a firebrand. Johnny wasn't a Nazi, was a firebrand. Some of you may have heard by now, Darren and Graham have had to close up shop on the Igloo, their makeshift podcast studio. But don't cry now. It's time for you to subscribe now. 
It hurts so bad to say goodbye to the igloo. Many excellent interviews were had in the igloo. But Darren and Graham will pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Get into a real studio with a little help from your Grammarica subscription. Subscription. Cha-ching.